The following views expressed are those of the speakers and do not represent the views of DOD or its components. Pay attention because you are now listening to Permission to Speak Freely. 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 So, you know, I mean, we was talking about it earlier, man. Like, but I just want you to know, Dumbo, you, you said you thought I was failing on getting Alano here. I just want yeah, you to man, know it's been uh, like, it's been over a year I've been trying to get Alano here. I just want to be real about this, man. Over a year. I was trying my heart out, man. I was trying Damn my near heart two out. years, man. She yeah. was supposed yeah. to be our first guest. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. What an I intro. Was, yeah, that was man, first guest. You were supposed to be the first guest. First guest. And I, I just, number two, I just I thought you two. was failing, man. You know, I was like, damn, like Damon just can't. Like, I'm like, yo, do I gotta go put on like the gear? Do I gotta go strap up and go out in the woods and go, you know, go do this, man? <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm man. saying? I, I couldn't lock it down, man. I was trying, yeah. man. I just couldn't lock it down. <laughs> I think first. it was like a day away from a day. All right, so oh, look, yo, I wanna, yo. what's yeah, up? Go ahead. I just want to say, go first, I appreciate appreciate y'all sharing that with me as far as being the first guest like and i'm humbled i told you that like that humbles me so much it wasn't you though you weren't failing i just wasn't able to show up the way i needed to and this is the perfect timing the perfect setting the time is now there's no time like like now she was like, get y'all numbers up. She was like, get y'all numbers up first. Get an audience hey. more than just the Peralta, and then we go and make some moves. <laughs> hey, hey, Alana, I appreciate you saying I wasn't feeling because I, I kind of feel sometimes that Dumbo always think I'm feeling this stuff, man. So I'm glad no. you came out, and I'm no. glad you said that, you know? <laughs> hey. Yeah, you absolutely were not. It was a me thing and what I was going through, and I just, it's I'm in the perfect headspace, heart space all that oh, yeah. to be here now. So it's perfect. That's beautiful to hear. Thank you for That's being great. here. All right. So I want to kind of baseline this uh, with a story. Mm-hmm. So a couple of days ago, I was in a parking lot, like two days ago, I was in a parking lot. I had to go do a urinalysis, like normal Navy stuff. Right. Outside mm-hmm. of the fact that I was, uh, and like I was, we, we doing a uh, chief season. So I was truncated between, <laughs> you see how I put it right back, David, that word truncated. But I'm truncated between like two chief mess events, right? However, I go, you know, I go and I'm chilling in the parking lot and I see a sailor taking selfies just in the parking lot. Like, and I look back and it just was, I don't know why, it just caught my eye. It was interesting, a seller taking selfies in the parking lot. So I got out and I'm like, man, let me like see more of this seller that's taking these selfies in the parking lot, right? So I walk up on the seller, short, short. I, then I saw it was a woman. So I'm like, so then she turned around and I saw she had full, she was a full bird captain. I was like, oh shit, it's a captain, you know, taking selfies. It was cool. I mean, like, I, you know, I never saw a captain take a selfie in my life. But on top of all of this, she was African-American, right? She was black. Mm. And she was the first black woman captain that I've ever seen. I mean, I damn near really ain't see too many black men. Um, but she was the first black woman captain that I've ever seen in my whole career. Right. I've been in over 15 years. It's the first time I've ever saw a black woman Mm -hmm. for captain. Um, and I'm not saying, you know, I'm, I know they exist, you know what I'm saying? But it's Mm -hmm. the first one I've actually encountered. And, um, it just brought like a smile to my face, like air to air. You know, she was exactly what she was supposed to be. She was fly. Yeah. Her hair was, you know, <laughs> short cut. Her smile was vibrant. She was exactly what she was supposed to be, you know. But then I thought to myself, you know, I'm like, I wonder if she knows like just the amount of weight that like she holds just for the mere fact that she just exists. 
Like mm-hmm. just for the mere fact that she was just there, you know what I'm saying? It meant so much to me. You know what I'm saying? It, it, Captain Perkins too. Shout out to Captain Perkins. But it like made my day. You know what I'm saying? We wound up taking selfies together, posting them on Aww. Facebook. People thought we knew each other for years. Like, you, yeah, you know me her? too. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, no, I just yeah. met her in the parking lot. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. just, you know, I, I say all that because um, I wanted to ask you that too, you know, uh, coming from just interactions on the ship. And I just wanted to ask you, like, are you, are you conscious that like you're an inspiration to like an entire demographic of sellers, right? To be specific, mm-hmm. black women, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that like the moment, the day they see you on a ship, the mere fact that you exist is mm-hmm. like something for them now. And that's going to inspire them, drive them, or at least make them curious. And in some cases you could be the only one there, like the only black woman officer on a ship. Yeah. Are you conscious of that? I am. I wasn't, um, when I first came in, like most of us first coming into the Navy, you're not aware of a lot of the things that you're going to experience or the challenges that you're going to have. But, um, stepping onto the ship, uh, my first ship, I got that awareness real quick because Mm -hmm. you could just see people looking at you or just noticing you or paying attention to you throughout, like just what you're doing, just watching you, to be honest with you. And then also like wanting to come talk to you and then it kind of develops. And then as people get to know you, because you can see somebody and it is very inspiring and I'm not discounting any of that, but I like what you said about the captain is it sounds like you sensed something from her. So there's being the visual example, but there's also what you're carrying internally because yes, you can be the visual um, inspiration for someone, but then the next thing you know, they're talking to you and they're like, Oh, who who and what is this? Mm -hmm. This is not someone I want to be or someone that uh, I respect or anything like that. So um, as people got to know me, then people started giving me feedback. And that's when I started to realize when people would talk to me, but ma'am, I've never, um, I mean, I was a JG navigator on board Normandy. And um, for that ship, the captain made the navigator a department head. And um, one of my sailors, my YM1, he was like, I've never been led by a female Mm. officer. Like you're the first female department head I've ever seen. You're the first black female or first black female uh, department head I've ever seen. And you're the first black female I've ever been led by in my whole career. And so touch points like that over my career. um, Yeah, it it starts, you start to feel it pretty quickly that um, it's more than what you're doing for the ship or more than what you're doing for your career more than the Navy, to be honest with you, you're really touching people and have the opportunity to inspire people. So I really, I took that on board pretty early because that's very important to me, the people aspect of the Navy. Yeah. No, I can imagine that being a burden sometimes. So when you, when you posed the question the other day, I was thinking about it and meditating on it. And I don't want to say a burden because Mm -hmm. Honestly, when in those moments where I was not enjoying my job, not enjoying the ship, uh, just it was hard to come to work kind of thing. It might sound cliche, but I think it's just cliche because some people experience it so often is that it was the people. Mm-hmm. So was it a was it a weight? Yes, it, it is something that I felt but I would not categorize it as a burden by any means because it's at times it was the only thing that was driving me. 
yeah. was the interactions that I would have on the ship with the people that I enjoyed or the fact that I was like, you know, I need to go do this and I need to go do this well for the people who are watching, who need that inspiration, who need to know, hey, when you don't feel like doing it, you still have a choice and you do that for you. You do that for the people around you, you do that for the ship. You do that for what you committed to, even though you might not be feeling it in this moment. So. Yeah, at times it was only the people that was was driving me forward. So not a burden at all. So do you ever feel the responsibility to represent, right? So, and I ain't talk about like represent, like represent, represent. Like, <laughs> like you know, I see all the other black sellers on the ship, but I'm repping. But I'm thinking more about like, when you see like H&M, for instance, and they do like the coolest monkey in the jungle shirt, right? And we think like, yo, somebody had to be in that room that was able to say something, right? Somebody mm-hmm. had to be in that room. And I think, you know, some war rooms I've seen, it was one to three, you know, African-Americans in that war room, you know, mm-hmm. like, like, you know, who knows how many women, you know, it was, uh, mm-hmm. you know, so then to be an African-American woman, you ever been in the war room, we got things that happened like the George Floyd incident and things that yeah. happened throughout the years, especially, I know, the years that you were in. You ever felt like the responsibility, like I have to speak for this group of people? So, interesting enough, I found myself, well, not interesting enough, it makes sense. I found myself on a lot of, well, I was on, I've only been on two ships because um, on my first ship, I was asked to fleet up as a navigator. And then on my second ship, I was asked to fleet up as a CSO. But um, in those two instances, and then also on shore duty, I found myself involved in a lot of the heritage stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and being the officer rep or one of the spokespeople mm-hmm. to um, help bring that about and give them opportunity and give them their schedule and all stuff like that. And so I didn't ever find myself specifically speaking up just for Black women or for the Black sailors it was the culture in general so Mm -hmm. just the differences um whether it's sexual orientation gender race it was all of that so more so a a wide expanse of like tolerance when it comes to the diversity of all of us uh in the navy so it was more of an aspect uh more of that speaking up um than specifically for um for black uh, people i will say like I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> it's to, all good. I know we started this. heavy. We started real heavy. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just figuring out how to try to frame this. Um, openly and outwardly, I've had the experiences of um, leadership, captains, uh, XOs, and um, when I was younger, department heads who were, you know, supportive and focused on acceptance and, you know, all those type of things. And I say outwardly because I appreciated that aspect of it, but culture is so important. What you Mm -hmm. say in a five minute speech, if that's not reflective of the culture of what's going on, then we're still way behind on what we should be doing. And so I, I, I experienced like different variations of people who are actually very supportive of the ideas or the things that we needed to do to make everybody feel welcome and accepted. And then, um, some people who really weren't open to it. Um, and so that was a challenge navigating that throughout the years and just finding ways to still get stuff done. Um, depending on the support that you do or don't have. Mm-hmm. My, my thing is like, like, and Dumbo probably can, can talk about this a little bit also, like, 
when you like a senior, like like me, I was one of the senior, you know, black men on on, on yeah. the ship or whatever. So everybody always coming, like you know, knocking on my door, want to talk to me about something, right? About something. Um, so my question to you is not only like it's a, it's a black woman thing, but it's just a woman thing in general, mm-hmm. because yeah. I have talked to several sailors on the ship and they was like, I want to talk to her about this. I want to talk to her about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, and I'm coming from my background, from what I, people talk to me about, I can just see how like, it's, man, you inspired a lot of sailors on board this ship. It, it don't matter for how long it was, it don't matter for nothing. A lot of that come from... And, and I'm going to say this, a lot of that comes from like just walking in the door, mm, mm. you know, and then like just, just, just standing there. Yeah. But when you speak though, you know, when you speak, it's always some no, no nonsense, straight to the point, straight, you know, <laughs> whatever. I mean, you, you, you no straight nonsense, to the point. Right? No, yeah. no, ain't no lost words there. Just straight to it. This is what I, this is what we doing. Right. Yeah. And, um, for you guys that don't know out there in the world, I, I, I was, um, the section leader. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you're right. Let's uh, go. I was a section leader, so um, we kind of <laughs> interacted. We interacted a lot in the same way. It was like no nonsense. Hey, you know, you need me, come get me. Yeah, <laughs> type deal, right? <laughs> um, but I want to throw one pet peeve out there real quick, man. Okay. One pet okay. peeve, okay. Miss okay. Alana had the whole time, and it was the the one MC. Oh, right. Yeah. She'll tell me all the time, hey, yeah. that one MC. That's what yeah. I care about. I care about that one MC, right? So probably three or four times I, that I can remember that they jacked the one MC up. And mm. I, you know, hey, hey dumb I'll be moving, yeah, I be moving quick in that ship. Dumb <laughs> I'm here to tell you this, man. You I knew coming. she was coming. I knew, <laughs> right? So it don't yeah. matter where I'm at on the ship. Oh I got my duty. God. They jacked that one MC up. I am no shit running right <laughs> to, the, to the quarter deck because I know she's going to be there. So I'm running to the quarter deck. Oh. And um, I never beat her, man. I never beat her on the quarter deck. It's Bro. almost like as I'm coming up, she already got him and she leaving already, man. It was yeah. like it was a no crap, man. That one MC was a was, was, was you huge. You couldn't even buffer, huh? So I couldn't even get, couldn't even get between it because you know if I show up early, I show up before her. her. Yeah, I just tell her I got it. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. And so people might be be like the one MC. Like, why would you? Why is that a thing? And it's a basic thing. It's basic. And so that's what I, in everything that I would do and the, the pet peeves I would have and stuff and the things I would harp on, it's like, if we can't get the basics right, that makes me question what's going on in the more complicated things. Mm-hmm. It's attention to detail, it's focus, it's slowing down, it's, it's knowing your knowledge, like how do you pass this certain word? It's not getting flustered when whoever calls you and is like, pass the word for this person right now. Got it, but you still need to do it the right way. And also it's just professionalism. When you're topside and you're just stumbling and bumbling on the one MC, like mm-hmm. it just, it's a representation of us, but it's also such a basic thing that if that's not going right, we got to see what processes aren't going right throughout the ship. So, so that's why I would harp on it uh, as much as I would. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Became so, a big deal. yeah. Oh yeah. It was, hey, I it <laughs> but not to get off the, the, the topic we was on yeah. where I was trying to, I was getting to was, so even when you like, haven't have ever been one of those times with someone, woman, black woman, whoever yeah. came to you and was, you was taken back 
mm. by what they asked you or what they talked about. Like, have you ever had that moment where you just like take it back? Like, wow, I can't believe it's happening or something mm. to that effect. Sadly, no. And I say sadly because that's just a representation of how much I've heard. And mm-hmm. I shouldn't even say it that way, not how much I've heard, but how much that people have gone through or have experienced. And so I'll say um, I stopped being surprised real young in the Navy because I also understood like people, we're all people. We, we have, we're in the Navy, we have these ranks, but we can't forget we're all people first and we will be people afterwards and we're people throughout the experience. And so I understood the totality and expansiveness of our humanity. And so I could, I could close my door and allow someone to sit in their humanity and us talk about it. And no one ever approached me crazy or anything like that. Um, upset, hurt, scared, a lot of different feelings, but no one ever approached me crazy or anything. People really just wanted to talk to be seen and to be heard and helped in a way, even if it's just listening for the moment, if I couldn't do anything actionable, I just wanted to know someone saw them and heard them and was aware type of thing. And so no, I've heard a lot, um, but I also just, I wouldn't lead with any sort of judgment or anything like that. So, um, so no, there was no surprise or anything. If you go, I, and I think you guys know, like you go into a different headspace when someone approaches you with a need mm-hmm. or there something's going on. And um, I don't know, I would always kind of, my mindset was it goes into a vault unless it's something I need to do something about or whatever, I respect that person's confidence in me for that conversation. And I kind of just tuck it away and uh, I pull it back out when I need to, when we're talking and then I tuck it away. So that's how I kind of approach those uh, situations. Okay. And and one more thing where you got, I know you got another question dumb. I wanted to ask um, before I forget about this, Alana, did you see the pictures that, that Dumbo and the captain, the selfies, did you see those? No, so I, I actually got off Facebook, but uh, that made me want to log back in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, make yeah. sure you log in. I mean, they, yeah. them selfies was a little, you know, it was a little. Hey man, you that know. captain might let be listening, man. She might be a new cut, a new uh, listener, man. <laughs> they Shout was, out, Captain say, they, 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 what you trying to say? <laughs> we we, we close, selfies, close. Man. It looked, it looked they close. was a little close on them selfies, you know. I just, <laughs> I just want you to take a look at them. They was a little close on them selfies. I just want to throw that out there, man. Do you have them? Do you have them? You have copies yeah. of them? Yeah, I, saw, I, saw I got way. copies too. Yeah, send them yeah. my I, way. Yeah, when I saw my Damon, yo, David, now we, <laughs> when we was in CCS, somebody was demonstrating something when you was on the chair and they backed up a little too close to you. Yeah, Y'all yeah, t- yeah, they yeah. out of your lap. We tell yeah. secrets to kids, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It got crazy. We list- all look. <laughs> Everybody was like this. Yeah, like, we was like, oh, man. All right, so, yeah. but since Damon brought up, uh, the duty I want to bring up, like, like one of my first interactions with you. Right. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> I, man, I was working at, um, I was the, a chief in MWR. Right. And we were like scarce with like just people like mm. uh, every day. I, I know Damon remember like every day I'm going in a mess. Like every chief's me and like, yeah, we need people. It's supposed to be two per division. We could never get them. Right. So yeah. most of the events and the things that had to get done, I knew that, like, some of the heavy lifting, like, it, it was going to be me, right? You know? <laughs> so a lot of my goal was to really not be doing it. So, but then we used to get tossed around, you know, between, um, like, the MWR, the actual, you know, fleet MWR and, like, the captain, 
So like yeah. MWR would be like, like the captain would be like, Hey, I want to do this. I want this to be like this to get like 20 of these. And then the other MWR yes. would be like, you can't do that. Like the captain, yes. like the captain will let you do that. I remember so one a lot of day, that. <laughs> one day the captain told us, and this, this before you came, I think, mm. but one day the captain said, Hey, I want the hangar bay to be a gem. The captain was like Steve Jobs, and I was like just this technical person who just had to do whatever he said, right? <laughs> I want a thousand songs in my pocket. I got you, Captain. So, <laughs> so we made it work, right? Uh, went back and forth for MWR. We got the funds. We made this thing a gem, right? So new ops comes, right? New ops comes. Happened to be you, right? And um, yeah. I remember some chief, man. Some <laughs> chief was having a hard time. Like, hey, man, ops is, ops is rough. Ops is tough. I'm like, all right. So you came up to me. He was like, hey, chief, uh, this stuff we gotta so you know we just put this shit in the in the uh, helo hang about two months ago right but like this got this got thrown on both of us it ain't on it ain't it's not on you because it got thrown yeah. on like both it of did. our laps yeah. you like hey chief um everything in here gotta go you know <laughs> and i think it was like nine days and, I, and we might have been going on like stand down we were doing something because yeah. we was about to go on deployment so it's like yo it gotta go because the the hangar that the, the flight crew they want to start you know bringing stuff in here we got like nine days the day you told that to me i'm like oh, yeah i got you i'm in my head i'm like it's no way oh, this shit. <laughs> i was like yo i'm like it's no way right but we became acquainted you know, very fast because, you know, yeah. we, we would talk about this every day. And I was, I was like, all right, I'm going to just be honest. I'm always be realistic, you know, but, and, but meanwhile, the whole time it's another chief, like, Hey, you know, ops is hard to deal with. I'm like, no, nah, not really. Like I haven't had that, you know, experience. Mm-hmm. I had a different experience. So, but I say all that to say this because it's a lot like, you know, we talk a lot about like the sellers that's inspired the sellers that had like great experiences. Right. But it is a small pocket of sellers that don't really have those kinds of kinds of experiences with us. I know it's been like that for me. And I know, Mm -hmm. I know for sure it's probably been like that, you know, for you, you know what I'm saying? And just like, is it a difference? What do you, I mean, what do you think the difference is between like a seller that's inspired by you or a seller that Mm -hmm. just be like, yo, it's just, I cannot deal with it. Alana at all. Yeah, I thought about that a lot because I'll, I'll be honest, let's be fully transparent. That bothered me a lot. Um, mm-hmm. It really, especially, I don't know, for some reason, the more senior I got, it really started to eat at me because, um, and I'll just start, start to start it off from my perspective, I felt misunderstood because I would always lead with, I wasn't a yeller, I was intense. Like sometimes I gotta mm-hmm. let you know what's up. It's that's period. But I would never yell at people. I would never disrespect anybody. Like I can say full through and through whether I had a good interaction with someone or not, I know I didn't disrespect them. I didn't yell at them. I didn't do any stuff like that. Um, but I think it comes down to uh it comes down to personality and communication and no right or wrong on my part or someone else's part. But sometimes people just don't click, even though we're leading with the professionalism that we all should enter most of those interactions or all of those interactions with, because that's what we're doing. We're out and about about our business. We can never forget that there's still underlying experiences, prejudice, um, past things, our personalities. Those things are still all in play. And some people just don't jive, don't communicate the same way, uh, receive things differently. And so, um, yeah, the way you guys describe, you know, I was about my business. I got directly to the point. Some people would frame that as she's so abrupt. She's so intense. She's so, as one uh, 
division officer told me one night on watch on deployment was like, you're, you're intimidating. And so I hit him with the new line. I was like, or are you intimidated? Like we gotta, <laughs> we yeah. gotta, let's talk about that. And I sat and we talked about it and I explained it to him and he said, oh, I get it. And I said, yeah, like you gotta, you gotta think about there's two sides to this. There's, there's other people involved. So I would frame it to that. Um, my little snappy response to at the same time is most of the people who didn't have a good interaction with me, I didn't have a good interaction with them either. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not, if we're trying to do something like we were collaborative, though you were like, there's no way we're going to be able to do this. So this yeah, is not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. It comes to a certain point for me. It's like, if you're showing a willingness if you're telling me, hey, I don't know, I don't know how we're going to figure this out, but we're going to do it, then I'm good. But the second I feel like someone is lying to me or has an attitude or it's just like, we can't get it done. Like to me, we can't get it done is not an answer. We got to figure it out. It may not, we may not be getting it done in the way we originally thought we were, but we're going to be creative about this. We're going to come together and we're going to figure it out. We need to do that. And so, yeah, when I got varying levels of things or just attitude or stuff like that, yeah, we're not going to have a good interaction. Or let's be honest, if I was just maybe tired, stressed, didn't have the moment to give someone a full moment, I may have been short, irritable, all that's possible, right? So there's a lot of different factors that go into that. Yeah, we we, we had our time. Um it was one time I talked about it on a pod uh, before, right? But it was, we were doing the perming, right? I mean, and this was important for you because you, you know, you were the ops. Yeah. And it was important for me and electro because we were the electricians, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, yeah. it was times in the, um, you know, just full scale picture, you know, because we had to do briefs in a war room, different things were happening. And it was times where me and Electro, you know, as much as we're the subject matter experts, we really felt like the little guys, you know, it was other department (laughs) heads that had done it before. It was some things that, you know, uh, different. I think one time we had to reschedule it. You know what I'm saying? Um, Yeah, several times. (laughs) So I remember uh, one day me and Electro, we were in the shop, man. And, um, you know, you were the answer to some problem of ours, right? At the Mm. moment, right? So me and Electro was in there talking shit. And I'm like, Yo, we, I got to find out. I was like, I was like, fuck it. Yo, I'm going to just go find ops right now. Wherever she is, I'm finding her. I'm going to just ask you this question and then we can talk to the people. Right. So Electra like, yeah, yeah, go ahead. You know? So I'm like, all right, boom, here I go. I got a mission. Find out. Right, right, let's go. Right? <laughs> so I go, I find out you're in medical. Yeah. You're doing a spot check. Right. Mm-hmm. But cause I'm saying it cause, cause you pretty much, I mean, from my, from my um, experience, you've been like straight razor sharp, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, some people it affects them. So like, so you, <laughs> I knock on the door to medical, right? And you were there, like, I see the MRC and everything. So I'm like, you know, you was like, uh, Hey, what's up? I'm in the middle of something. And I was like, Hey man, uh, I got this. You was like, I'm in the middle of something. <laughs> and then I walked off. I was like, damn, yo, I was like, we've been good. You know what I'm saying? Like what happened? But when I thought about it, like, as I was walking down the P way, I'm like, she told me, when I first not that she was in the middle of something, here I go thinking whatever it is, that's the most important thing to me in this moment is going to be as important as it is to her. And she don't even know what the hell it is yet. Who am I to be upset about this? And then I like, you know, it was easily, you know, but I get back down to yeah. the shop and Electro was like, yo, did you talk to her? I was like, no, nah. <laughs> she's in the middle of something. So. 
hey, 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 Dumbo, Dumbo, before, before she answered that, let me tell you, it didn't happen to me per se, but I know it would have happened to me too. I remember sitting, I was in the duty section, right? And I remember sending somebody up there to ask her something, ask her, ask her something in the duty section. But her door was closed and they knocked on her door. Mm-hmm. And, she, and, I, and they, this interaction, they said they had, they said when they opened her door, the, the talk, he said, he said, so you said, um, wasn't my door closed? Like, you know, like, don't. No, no. <laughs> don't. <laughs> early morning. <laughs> Don't I was do like, me like that. I was like, I was like, that's Captain Alana right there. Don't man. do me like that. Early. I came up to her early one day too, though. It was super early. There's a you guy. Oh, this was she was CSO. This when you was CSO. Y'all you killing just, me. I'm gonna I'm I'm provide some clarity on these. Go ahead. Can't wait. Ahead. Can't wait. That, no, Go this ahead. wasn't that bad. This wasn't bad at all. But you were CSO, <laughs> you had just gotten a seat. And um, I think you were, uh, we're going to talk about it a little bit later, but, you know, just yeah. bouncing around departments. But I think you were trying to find your footing as CSO, you know, Definitely. as an observer. Yeah. And I had like the most technical electrical diagram there was I'm sure. possible, right? And I'm like, hey, hey man, can you, uh, do you approve of this? You looked at it, like you looked down at it, it was like, <laughs> it was like two seconds. <laughs> she was like, yeah, you good, chief, go ahead. <laughs> And I, I'm just glad at that moment I was, you know, back again, like in good graces and I could be trusted to where I could just get something to CSO and she know. But I'm like, hey, CSO, chain checked it. Everybody checked it. You look at because it was early. I, like you still was you just getting up. She's oh, yeah, you good. Chief. Go ahead. I'm good to go. And I come back down and it was like, did CSO tell you you were good? I'm like, yeah, let's go, man. But yeah, so that was that. I also was on that. Uh, I was on that bridge watch. Yeah. That that one to like. Uh, standing that like I don't know what oh the one to seven or whether well, it was crazy yeah I was right? like it, I was on that wild crazy night watch uh, oh, while yeah. we were on deployment crossing so it was a lot going on also so yes so so yes <laughs> <laughs> I the thing is <laughs> from my perspective as far as what I know of me, and it's like you can have one interaction with someone and they have no idea the full perspective mm-hmm. what's going yeah. on, right? And I understand the importance of that experience to that person. And you know, once it's there, it happens, it's it's done. A lot, you know, once it settles in their mind, you really can't necessarily yeah. provide clarification. But for the masses, I want <laughs> to have my say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um I gave so much to that ship and the crew that a lot of people didn't see. And so when I needed time, I really needed that time. The thing is, I'm an introvert. Mm. I am not an extroverted personality. Professionally, I am. But personally, I am absolutely through and through an introvert. So it took a lot for me. And I still, like I said, I gave it. And I was that's what drove me a lot of the time. But it took a lot from me. And so those moments where I needed to recharge, I had to. I really, really had to. And so I was trying to establish boundaries, which is absolutely seems like it's impossible in the Navy on a ship. Like you can't, you can't, but I tried. I tried for me so I could continue to perform the way that I was and I could continue to interact with people the way that I I wanted to. Um, Because, yeah, people can drain you. 
the job can drain you. All those factors can drain you. The extra time you're giving to conversations with people can drain you. And so I found that hard sometimes to, um, to balance the like extroverted persona that I had being an ops and being a, a leader with the personal introvert that I was and my need to, to just take care of myself. And so, um, going into that to say like, whether it's up the chain, down the chain to the sides, I think one thing that we, what I've seen that people don't do well in the Navy and I may not have done well myself at times, but I definitely have a, a huge newfound appreciation for it is we got to think about people like icebergs, right? 10% mm-hmm. is what you see. There's 90% below the surface or going on where you, you have no idea and you could maybe never understand, but you can appreciate and give someone compassion for it. So like D-perm, when we were doing D-perm, it was, uh, man, it was only a couple months later. Little did I know I was walking around with a tumor. Yeah. A grape size, a grape size tumor. And you know what? It's taken me a lot of years because I felt weird about getting sick on deployment and having to come back and kind of where my career is going, but I feel good about it now. But it took me a while to like, yo, I did that. I killed it. And I was sick and I didn't know I was sick. And I was rocking and handling business and I was carrying around this tumor. And so, um, yeah, leading up to that, I got that that was like within the windows of I started getting real tired. I wasn't feeling well. Um, and I was still pushing myself to perform at the same level that I was before, but I didn't know what was wrong until it hit me after that one insert prep that we went to and I went to the emergency room. And then stepping into CSO, you were right. I was trying to get my footing as CSO because ops comes naturally to me. CSO is a different kind of beast. And um what people didn't know when I came back after my surgery, like I only had, um, I had two weeks convalescent leave. Then I went to a school undersea underwater uh, school. And then we were out on, we were doing workups for deployment and we're out on deployment. Yeah. It was a sprint. I was in pain since I had surgery from the time I came back to the time I was sent off the ship in Japan to come back home and to get surgery again. I was in pain. I was not okay. I was trying to push through. Um, I was trying to learn a new job. I was doing a lot of different stuff. And um, yeah, it, so that that's that iceberg part of it is people experienced or had interactions with me. And over time, yeah, straight up, I was deteriorating. I really was. My health was just going down the drain. And a ship is not an environment to heal anything. Okay. Oh no. Yeah. You don't get sleep. You won't have the nutrition you need. Stress is on a, a whole new world level. So, um, so that's just some perspective to provide uh, that people may not know. And that's just for me, but interacting with anybody, you just don't know. Yeah. So you can always lead with grace and compassion. Yeah. I think it's only but like so much that you know you could hide. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you was just saying, especially being in the Navy where I mean, you could walk down the P. I know me, for instance, you know, not that I'm important, but I could walk down the P way and get stopped by like 20 people. You know, I'm just walking down like, hey, you know, senior, hey, chief. Yes. You know, and um, when I think about, because my wife, my wife, uh, you know, I talked about it on hair, but she had fibroids and she had to get surgery. 
Um, mm-hmm. So, but not only was she dealing with like pain and um, her health, she was also dealing with the medical system and the way like mm-hmm. at times she was feeling like invalidated or like her pain yeah. wasn't being like um, respected or appreciated. Yeah. And some of it, some of it, she felt like, honestly, she felt like it was because she was a black woman. You know, mm-hmm. um, I actually never heard of fibroids until I heard of them from her. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like real bad about it because I see it everywhere now. And that mean that I, I used to see mm-hmm. it, you know, and I just mm-hmm. did not care about it, you know, until I found out about it from her. And I'm glad you uh, started speaking about that because Damon is a connection there because I remember one day. Happening. I don't know why everything happens in the hangar, right? But I was walking, <laughs> I was walking through the hangar and uh Damon was like, Hey, you know, he was like, you know, uh, Miss Abernathy, she's not here. You know, and I'm like, like, you know, somebody say somebody not here. I'm like, well, you know, what like, like what? what that means? Like, what happened to her? like yeah. he was like, she, she's gone. Like it was like you just disappeared. I you know, did. I'm like, her stuff is still on the ship. Like, you know, I start thinking of like yeah. just the way I think, like, I guess she still got shit on the ship. Like we and I don't know yeah. where we already on deployment. Yeah, we were in Japan for the second time mm-hmm. at that point. Yeah. Okay, so this was like right before COVID, like right when COVID was like it was smacked. It was uh March thirty first that I flew home. Okay, yeah, so March COVID 30th. had just kind of yeah. stepped in the room. <laughs> COVID just started showing his ass. True, <laughs> you know what I'm, yeah. I'm lucky I made it out. To be honest with you, yeah, yeah. and you had yeah. to deal with that. And yeah. then, like, so did that, that that uh, like kind of like you took some hits early on. Mm. Uh, health wise, right? Mm. Oh, you mean like health health wise? Like th- like you were down um, early on, right? In my uh, career you... or a tour? No, like physically. I'm, I'm trying. And, and what? And when though? Like uh, after you left the ship? Oh yeah. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I had the thing is was crazy. I've been reflecting on my career a lot, um, and I actually started. When I went to the Naval Academy, my plebe year, um, I got sick and I had a, uh, another tumor pretty much, or uh, the first one. And, um, I got sick. We didn't know what's going wrong, uh, what's going on with me. You know how they weigh you during your training just to make mm-hmm. sure that like you're tracking and stuff and healthy weight loss, not unhealthy weight loss. And I was just dropping weight like crazy. You were like, what's going on? So after like five misdiagnoses, by the way, of speaking to like people not believing your pain or it was literally five diagnoses. Someone, <laughs> I'm just going to be real about it. We're talking about health. They were like, oh, you're just constipated. Mm. That's, that's what's going on. That's why you have abdominal pain. You're just constipated. So stuff like that, I'm kind of very just dismissive. And there was one doctor that actually, he saved my life because he said, you know, I don't feel comfortable with, uh, leaving for the weekend, not knowing what's going on with you. So we're going to send you to Walter Reed to get a, um, CAT scan just to see what's going on in case it's your appendix. Don't want it to burst and something happened to you. Went in there and then they were like, Oh wow. Okay. You have a nine centimeter, uh, cyst on your ovary and we're going to take it out in nine days. And I was like, huh, mm-hmm. what next thing, you know, flash forward, getting a surgery. It was very, uh, very intense. I was supposed to have six weeks of convalescent leave. And the Naval Academy told me you got one week. And the way they, the incision was like, it was a big incision. And so, um, I started school in a wheelchair Mm -hmm. being wheeled around Mm -hmm. to classes (laughs) on 
some serious pain meds trying to uh trying to begin my time at the Naval Academy. So that's why I asked you that time frame because I was like, I don't think I've ever talked to you about that. But so my challenge my health challenges actually began back then. Um and I was young and we bounced back differently at that age. But I kind of bringing that up to touch upon like our health is so important. And there's major touch points throughout my life that I could have paid more attention to my health rather than forward, forward, do what I need to do next, career milestones, yada, yada, yada. But so then we fast forward to 2019. I had the surgery in between the department head uh, tours to, um, to take care of that. And then when I left the ship in March, March 31st, wow, we, I thought the journey began back then, but it, it really began after I left the ship and we're in the middle of COVID. So medical care was going different, definitely a lot slower. Um, I was in a lot of pain and now I'm home and I'm isolating because you can't really be around anybody. So I'm alone going through that. And it was, uh, it was super intense. When I left the ship, we all thought I was going to come back. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, yeah. We, yeah. Yeah. One of the hardest things uh, I had to do was when I came back from the hospital, they were trying to do surgery in Japan. And I said, who's going to take care of me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How is this going to work? <laughs> and I want to tell people that you got to advocate for yourself. It is not easy. It can be hard. You might not know the times or the place to do it or how to do it, but we all had that gut feeling where something doesn't feel right. We're like, this is not for me. And I just said, Hey, stay true to that and speak up in those moments. Because I told that the doctor that was dealing with me was a captain. He's like, yo, we would have you in surgery tomorrow. Um, if I I didn't have your pain under control, but we're just going to wait until Monday and we're going to do surgery here. And I just told him I'm not having surgery here. It was the first thing that came to my mind. And I just kept on saying, I'm not having surgery here you don't know what's going on with me. I need to have surgery from my la- the doctor that did my last surgery. He knows, you know, what's going on. He's an oncologist. So in case it's cancer, he can deal with it while he's in there. I don't know you, like you don't know me. And I just kept telling him, no, I'm not doing it here. I'm not doing it here. I came back to the ship and it might've been some of the meds that were talking, <laughs> but I was in the exos yeah. cabin. And um, yeah, I said, hey, sir. I was like, uh, I got to go home. I said, I I need to go home. And that's so outside of me. But um, my dad told me recently, he's like, you don't need more than two points to draw a line. And I already had two two places in my life where I didn't pause for my health. And I kept on pressing through. And now I'm finding myself in a third situation. And I knew it was time to stop. Whatever considerations or thoughts I had about the ship or my job or my career, this is my life. This is my health. And so I, I just told EXO I, I need to go home. And that, that began that journey. And then um, delays with COVID, delays with healthcare, it turned into me going into a limb do. And so, mm-hmm. and then the process uh, kept continuing. It's been two and a half years now that I've been going through the process and I'll be medically retiring October 28th. Mm. Yeah. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, bro. let me let me add to that. Like for all the leaders out there, though, man. Like if you guys want to take anything from that, you you always it's always something out there. You always can be replaced. All that mm. stuff. Stop mm. freaking yes. um 
taking your health, taking it back, man. Like go get looked at. Yes. Um, and I did the same thing. Mm, I know the you did. The same thing. I know like, you did. Yeah. And we were talking keep about pushing. that. Yep. I, I'll never keep for- pushing. Go ahead. Yeah. I never forget that because I would always ask you, are you okay? Like, yeah. Do you feel okay? Yeah. Like, and I was just so, I knew what that first surgery had been like. And so when I saw you back on the ship, just rocking again, I was like, you know, senior. Yeah. Like, how you feeling? And I've never forget talking about MWR equipment. There was the press machine, mm-hmm. like that press machine. And one day you just went out there, I guess sailors were messing around <laughs> with it. So you threw some heavy weight on it and like sat <laughs> and pressed it. And then when you got up, it was like, Ugh. like it, it had <laughs> sad inside the world. Yeah, yeah. No, right. I was just like, senior, you need to go on and sit down Chill now. Out, right? <laughs> like, Oh, yeah, man. I know, I know. Yeah. But you know, and, and it happens like that a lot. I mean, when you're a junior sailor, it's not as like, okay, I'm just, you know, I feel like I'm part of the team, right? I'm just mm. a team member. But when you're yeah. a leader, you take it differently. You want to be there. You want to yes. do this. You want to do that. I'm telling you, everybody, get yourself, get your health looked at because it's yeah. serious. Especially when you start getting older too. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like, like for the for the tumor thing. I had a tumor too. I don't know how long that tumor been there. Exactly. You know, yeah. you don't even yeah. know. So it's crazy. It's crazy. Get looked at, get checked out. Well, but I, you know. I appreciate you touching on that because it's like, it's, I would say to a lot of people, like, we got to be where you are and be committed to the job you're doing in the Navy. Mm. But understand, like, at some time that will come to an end. And you do want to have your health, your life for you, your family, and the things that you want to do next. And, um, yeah, that can't be, that shouldn't be sacrificed ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, um, I don't feel hardcore or anything like that for having pushed through the past times. I feel like that just continued to push the buck down the road and led to more issues for me. And, um, yeah, that's something I learned and I felt guilty. Oh, I carried yeah. a deep guilt for a long time. That's kind of still there for leaving because I felt like I was what I came to do was unfinished. Mm-hmm. I didn't get to finish it. I didn't get to close it out in the way that I wanted to. My career is not ending how I ever thought it would end. And so um, I felt a guilt feel and felt a guilt for that. But what I think we can appreciate about our humanity is that you can hold two truths and opposing truths within yourself at one time. And so I'm also real proud of myself for speaking up for myself in that moment. So I just encourage people to do that as well. Yeah. 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 Cause I mean, just that there is just to touch one more on it. Like I just look at it like the hero's journey. Like a lot of us may inspired by like the hero's journey. Right. And most mm-hmm. of our heroes are athletes are like some superhero or something that you normally see the villain and they take the beating first. Normally the superhero takes the beating from the villain. They take the beating yep. and then they leave and they figure out how to win and they come back, you know, they might be and a little stronger, injured, better, you know, yeah. but they come back stronger. Same thing with athletes. Like, you know, uh, it was a time, you know, where we would watch athletes, like for instance, like watching Kobe shoot free throws with a messed up on, on, on one leg. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, yo, this is who we, you know, need to be, you know, and I'm glad that the world is getting better with like our heroes and showing um, athletes now say, hey, um, I'm, I need to raise my kids or hey, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm hurting. Hey, my yes. mental health is not, you know, what it's supposed to be and, and putting a pause on it. So like a lot of our uh, kids and that next generation can understand uh, you could be as great as you 
can be. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But definitely pay attention to yourself, physical, mental yeah. health. You know, because I look at it, I used to look at it like, man, if I'm not in the space, I can't perform. And in any moment, I could lose whatever it is that I gain. And that's not mm. the truth. It's not no. really the truth. Um, if you perform and you do your best, whenever you have that opportunity, you're going to do it. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? You don't got to worry about, you know, being judged for the moments, you know, that you're not around. And this was endometriosis, uh, stage four. You okay yeah, with that? so I was diagnosed with uh, stage four endometriosis. And um, that's one thing with the medical community is I was diagnosed in the surgery in 2019 in between tours. And I asked the doctor, I said, is this something that could possibly like come back or is it all taken mm -hmm. care of? Cause then it was contained in the tumor and, um, it was an attending physician and he was like, uh, you know, it's possible kind of thing. And there was no discussion or education about what endometriosis was or mm -hmm. none of that. I knew not much and I wasn't really focused on it cause I was focused on, all right, let me heal up, get back to the ship. Um, so yeah, let's drop that nugget. Pay attention to your doctors, obviously, but ask questions. But if you don't know, go research, go look it up, go look for other people's experiences for the things that you may be dealing with so you have a better understanding. And you have to care for yourself. They can educate you and provide you medical assistance and stuff, but you have to take care of yourself. And so um, that could have been a, a turning point, a positive turning point for my health after then, if I would have had a better understanding for myself of what that was. But um, yeah, by the time I had my next surgery, it had climbed from, huh, it's a possible to come back to, it was stage four uh, endometriosis. Mm. <laughs> my yeah. doctor, he came in and he, after my surgery, he was like, uh, it was a disaster. <laughs> oh my. He was like, it was a disaster in there. Um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty intense. Mm. It was pretty, yeah. pretty intense. Yeah. So is it something that you still deal with now or? Yeah. It, did, okay. So it wasn't like a tumor. They get rid of it. It's gone, but it's. it's no. So endometriosis is for people's education. It's a, um, incurable disease. So it's not curable and they really don't have set treatments for it. They have treatments that they do, but they're not proven to help everybody. Um, and definitely not necessarily, um, it causes you other health risks, the things that they mm. have to do to temporarily keep you it from, um, spreading or getting worse. And so I, I stage four is really super aggressive. Um, it's the latest, latest stage and it's super aggressive and it's something I'll, uh, deal with for the rest of my life. But I've had two and a half years to learn how to start to manage it and the emotional side of it and the mental side of pain and all of that. And so I'm starting to feel like I'm in a place where I can, um, I was just in survival mode for the last mm -hmm. two years. And now I'm really starting to feel like I can thrive again. And that's why, Damon, I said it was not you. Yeah, that's why <laughs> we missed so I wanted to show up. And that's why the one time we scheduled, like I wanted to show up. I still had yeah. to drive to want to be present for people, but I just couldn't. I had to be present for myself. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I think that was a face to face. I think that was a, a like a face to face uh, podcast. That's when we were still together mm -hmm. in Cali. So I think mm -hmm. we were yeah. going to try to figure out how to come yeah. to you. Or, um, but so that brings us full circle again, though, because like 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 I said, one day you were gone. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. two days later, three days later, however many days later, you know, I go up in our um, wherever you wherever we used to hold mass at the library, ship's library. Right. Mm -hmm. I'm up in there Sunday morning. 
and I'm with a bunch of people. Um, and we, uh, we were at a thing that we kind of collaborated on to create yeah. uh, Lava Dog Expressions. Yeah. A little poetry, that. a little poetry club. Right. So, you, you know, we're gone. A couple of days later, I'm at a poetry club that we, you know, put our minds together. It didn't take much, but we worked together yeah. to kind of uh, put this thing together and people were showing up. It wasn't just a poetry club, actually. It was just any talent you had. If you could draw, yeah. if you could write, read. Um, and, and my selfish thought was like, damn, man, she's gone because you, you, you were good, you know? And um, I think the first time I heard you uh, do anything that had to do with poetry was in that room. And a few people, mm-hmm. uh, some people that we were in that room with, uh, they, they got books out now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it came directly from being in that room and being inspired by us. Mm-hmm. Our, and I, when I say us, I'm talking about every single person in that yeah. room, you know, nobody yeah. more than the other. But I'm um, so selfishly, I'm like, damn, I ain't going to be able to hear no more poems. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, I mean, little did I know I was, you know, just could get some books because, you, <laughs> you know, you got books too. You're an author. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and how long has that been a passion for you? Since I was young, since I was uh, around 11 is when I started writing um, just poetry, stuff mm-hmm. about love that an 11 year old don't know nothing about. But just like <laughs> right. writing, um, writing down stuff that I felt like I couldn't like express out loud or whatever. I think, I think it's a lot of um, creative drive for a lot of people. Just the expression side of it, like like mm-hmm. came up with that uh, name. And um but the thing is, I never at that age or even for a long time, I never thought, oh, I'm going to publish a book, though, mm-hmm. or I'm going to do this. And um, it was so interesting. While we were on deployment in Japan, I don't know if it was that first time or second time, I was at one of the Liberty Centers online trying to set up my KDP stuff and mm-hmm. like to make sure it launched live because we were going to be underway the day I wanted to publish it and stuff. And so of all the time when I choose to publish a book during a, a department head tour, which is not, not probably the best time to have tried to do that, but <laughs> I was glad for it because you just got to do it. Yeah. There's no, there's no perfect time. It's for a lot of things in life. There'll be no perfect time. If I hold off, I'll continue to hold off. And so I had a classmate and friend, she writes um, fantasy novels. And over the years I have just seen her, just her success with her publishing and everything. And so I reached out to her and I started to talk to her about it. And it was something that inspired and someone that inspired me. It's like, and not if she can do it, I can do it because it's easy or anything, but it's like, wow, there's people out there doing that and they're doing it. And I was yeah. like, so I can, I can do it too. And then, so I decided to do it for myself and it felt so good. And it's like, once you do it, then you just continue doing it because now you understand the process isn't as removed from you as you might think, or as scary or as hard. It's just about knowing how it works. And so, yeah. And so I, I, I was so excited to get to the other side of that. Now I know how it works and I can also help other people do that too. So how many books now has, has it been that you've published? I think it's four. And then I have uh, one coming out this month with uh, Mike Stedman. Black veteran entrepreneur, right? Yes. Yes, sir. So those are other ones are poetry books. And this is the first uh, venture into uh, this kind of genre. Yeah. So the cool thing about the poetry book, right? Mm-hmm. And it, so we live in this new digital age where, you know, you get all these digital things and you can share, you know, share shit. But the cool thing about <laughs> the poetry book was that it's, it was physical. 
Yeah. You know, so I got, you know, this physical um, copy, but then I wound up buying another copy for my wife. But then mm. the cool thing about poetry books is that you, I'm actually drinking, you know, this cup is one of yours. Oh, ah, uh, yeah, I you didn't made, even see yeah, that. You made, yeah, you made Let's it. You got yours. Yeah, lift yours up, Damon. We're here. Y'all stop it. I didn't even know this. No, no, no. Hell got what you Oh, boo. Boo. Did you know I meant double B hate him, man? He got you. But look, so so the cool thing about, the cool thing, the cool thing, that's going to be the title. So books, this was physical. So one thing I was able to do with this book, right? So you left and then shortly after we got a new CMC and the CMC that we got, is is like a poet, like a you know that's his heard, yeah. life's work pretty much is poetry, and um so I was able to say hey you know we used to have an officer on board who mm-hmm. who, who wrote a book a poetry book so he got it he gobbled it up you know he Aww. he speaks like um I don't, I don't know how active you are on Facebook but he's he spoke about it a few times posted really? about it reason yeah 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 he's always oh wow um, kind of and wow. I was just happy to like you know, do that. And he's like real deal, like, you know, um, in, in that lifestyle. Um, but yeah. I was just happy to kind of bridge that gap, you know, cause he, he read the poem and a lot of your poems in that book specifically, they got the word I in it. Right. Mm, and he broke mm. that down. Um, and he was like, man, I could just hear her voice, mm. you know, in all of these poems. I could, I don't, he's like, I don't even know her, but I yeah. feel like, I feel like I do from, from these poems, from this book. Mm. Um, that was good. You know what I'm saying? I- and, um, even though it said I a lot for me, when I read it, it spoke for me. Mm. I know it spoke for you, but some of it spoke for me too. Yeah. You know, and some of it spoke for who I think my mom is, you mm. know, who I think my wife is and, and a lot of stuff like that. Um, do you have like a difference when you go into like, as far as these poetry books, when mm-hmm. you go into books, do you have like different themes or is it, you know, just collective works? Yeah. So first, I appreciate you sharing that with me. That that's that touches me. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, for deeply. sure. Um, so thank you for sharing about CMC and about how it's it's talk, spoke to you and your wife about your wife and your mother. That's uh, uh that encourages me, keeps me going seriously. Because sometimes you question. Um, it's hard for it was hard for me to to release those because. I felt what was it going to reveal of me to people? It's a vulnerability. Like those Mm -hmm. are pieces of me. Um, But what I did begin to realize is a lot of people see a lot of themselves in it. It's not really about, well, what's the poet telling me of themselves? It's it's what what I'm receiving of it of my own. Uh, For the poems... So for that first book, I... That was a collection of poems that I've written throughout the years. Mm. And I... I consolidated them into the different themes of the the different uh, sections, which was Queen, Poet, Lioness. So the Queen portion was actually inspired by a photo shoot I did um, with a photographer, Neku Mayo, out in uh, Maryland. So he's out in your area. Awesome mm. photographer. I connected with him through um, some band members of the Gospel Choir at the Naval Academy, which I was the O-Rep of and a member of. And um, we started doing creative collaborations out there when I was on shore duty. And one of them when I was leaving was, um, I was like, I just want to dress up like full makeup, hair, elegant, um, kind of a queen. I thought I was going to have a crown, but then even in one of my poems, I was like, I don't need a crown to identify me as a queen type of thing. And so we took those pictures and um, then I, those poems came to me through 
what I felt and received and seeing myself in certain shots. Mm-hmm. And I, I tied those, um, tied those to the, to the theme of those, uh, poems. And that's where the queen portion came from. And then the poet portion was just over the years poems that I had written. And I just collected them in the poet portion of that. And then the lioness, um, was, uh, Jonathan Peterson. He's, a um, he's a department head on one of the cruisers out. He's, I think he's on Normandy right now. Um, he's also a photographer. He was stationed in the UK. So after my shore duty, I, um, I went out and I did a tour, like just did a trip in Europe and he was out there and we had done a creative collaboration with photography at the Naval Academy in 2016. And I was like, Hey, you're out here. I can swing by on my European trip and we can just go walk London and take pictures. And just, it was a good creative, uh, creative energy. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we did that and we came to one of the lion statues in one of the London squares. And I, he like climbed up there. He like threw me up there and, um, we took pictures there. And then that's where the lioness portion came from, uh, was also inspired by that creative collaboration and, and some photos. Yeah. So, so what I liked about the group that we did start, you know, when we, when mm-hmm. we were running it was because I see a lot of people with talent over the years. I've seen like artists, like people that yeah. could draw like real good, but it's almost like, man, you got to separate like, you know, that from like your Navy life, you know? Yes. So I like that we were able to go in that room and people mm-hmm. were able to still be who they are. Like really, yeah. like, you know, um, we used to talk all the time, like, Hey, just be yourself. This is a safe space, you know, share how you feel. I mean, people really did, you know, you don't get that a lot. And I was thinking yeah. about it when you was, uh, when you were talking about just, you know, just as a woman, like, yeah, I wanted to just get dressed, mm-hmm. you know, and look good and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, um, I mean, do you all, do you get that a lot? Like those, well, when you were in the Navy, like, does it seem like you don't really get that many moments to like, you know, get like, I don't know what y'all, what they call it, fab, I don't know what they call it, <laughs> but like to get dressed up and get done up. Yeah, I think it's, it comes to all the moments that we create for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, being that introvert, I was drained when it came to having been on the ship either mm-hmm. five days that week, six or seven, whatever it was. And so really my downtime after that was me going home and getting some sleep and doing yeah. whatever things I had to do that I couldn't do through the week. So I, I did feel kind of, uh, as I look back, trapped by that dynamic mm-hmm. that I really wasn't allowed to, I didn't have the time or the energy to create moments for myself like that, where I stepped out, you know, dressed up, did things um, like that. So yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I didn't have a lot of moments like that because I just didn't have time or energy. Mm-hmm. When did you know? So, well, two things first, mm-hmm. um, you, uh, a lot of times when I hear you speak, you speak about your father, mm-hmm. right? Uh, most of the times you talk, Papa. um, yeah. was he an inspiration in you joining the military? Mm. So yeah, my dad, Papa, um, Yes. So my dad was in the Navy. He went to the Naval Academy. My uncle went to the Naval Academy. Um, my dad did 30 years in the Navy. My uncle, 26. Uh, my dad had command and major command. And um, I, I posted that picture on Instagram. Uh, I found it when I was visiting my grandmother a couple of weeks ago. And it's my dad's, uh, where I just change of command of his, of his command. He's turning over. And I was in his cabin and I had his mm-hmm. uh, cover on and my sister clowned me for my outfit because it was dated. But um, 
And I just look at that picture now and I'm like, yeah. I mean, it was always, the answer was always yes, but I just love that because he was, he's bending over doing some paperwork and I'm just sitting there looking at the camera and he's in his uniform and it's just such a powerful picture to me. But what's crazy is the inspiration came well before that. Like mm-hmm. I decided I wanted to go to the Naval Academy when I was around like six. Yeah. And it's not because I had any real idea of what the Navy was about, but it's that I, I would spend summers in Annapolis. So the Academy was right down the street. We would go onto campus. I would see the midshipmen. Um, I saw the way my dad carried himself and just the person that he was and is. And I couldn't help but be inspired by that and drawn to that. It just seemed so amazing and just awe-inspiring. Yeah. And I was like, that's what I am going to do. And I set my sights on that at six and I never looked back. And um, I sent in that, what I wrote in that post too, that was under, under that picture was it always kind of grated my nerves <laughs> to be real when people be like, Oh, when they find out about my dad, cause I'll talk about him, but I really didn't talk about, I didn't never lead with who he was or what yeah. he had done. Some people recognize the name over the years and stuff. Um, but people would always be like, uh, Oh, you followed in your father's footsteps. And it's like, that just never sat well with me because yeah. it seems uh, passive, you know, just kind of la di da di da in my mind and how I, and I knew what they were saying, but in my mind, it felt like that. And it's like, no, I, I, my dad, I hustled and I worked hard and I thrived in the legacy that he left me, the legacy that he created for me in the Navy and with our name. And um, he cleared a path and I, I continued doing the work to clear more of that path. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's the way as I close out this chapter in my life that I like to think about it is I, I, I hustled and I worked in my father's legacy. So um, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. that at some point um, a, a plan was formulated, right? You don't seem like the kind of person that don't <laughs> have a plan formulated, right? With maybe <laughs> even an end goal, right? Mm. And you spoke about it. You spoke about it earlier um, a little bit. You touched on it. But um, yeah. whenever you did formulate the plan, what was the end goal? Or did you have an end goal? So first the plan was to go to the academy. And then, mm-hmm. interestingly enough, while I was at the academy, I was like, ooh, I'm going to be a Marine. I wanted to be mm-hmm. a Marine Corps officer, which I think I had a personality that <laughs> fit towards okay. that. Um, and then both of my, uh, two of my brothers are enlisted, one in the Air Force, one in the Army. And that was the thick of, it was uh, 2009. My brother Dante was uh, back on R&R from a tour overseas uh, in Afghanistan or Iraq, I can't remember which one, but um, we sat down and we had a serious conversation. He goes, hey, I'm telling you, like, maybe rethink the Marine Corps. Like, it's not what you think over there, boots on ground. There's a lot of stuff happening. And he, ju- he just explained it to me. He's like, I, I would really maybe think about another, um, another thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I love my brother, Dante, and I respect him a lot. He, um, brother, but also mentor of mine throughout high school and stuff. Um, and so I took that on board and I came back my senior year and instead of selecting to go Marine Corps, I selected to go SWO. Nice. So, so then went into that and then going into graduation, I was kind of like, we call it five and dive. When you sign yeah. on your commitment, 
in your junior year at the Naval Academy. You sign on for two years to finish the two years of school, and then you sign to commit for the five years after graduation. And so we call it five and dive. The people who go do their commitment and leave. And I was like, I'm a five and dive. (laughs) Then I got out there and I was like, oh, I can can do this. I'm pretty good at this. You know, I enjoy Mm -hmm. the people. I enjoy, I love driving ships. Oh, that's the biggest part of the career. I love just driving the ship. And then it was when I became, um, I had to make the decision actually pretty young. Most people don't make their commitment to like lieutenant or department head. But when I was asked to fleet up as navigator, I had to do a single long tour commitment. And that at that point in time, it's changed now. But that point in time, I had to decide whether or not I was going to sign up for department head. And I mean, I had like a month to make this decision. And I was like, nav is in my heart. I want to do it. And yeah, let's do it. And so I signed. And that's kind of where it kicked off into... So there's been plans, but at every touch point, I've had to kind of reassess those mm-hmm. plans and it's turned into something that I maybe wasn't thinking of before. And then that's when it started to be like, you know, command. Mm-hmm. I'd like to command the ship. And uh, that carried me for a little while. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, be straight up, I got to my department head tour. And uh, it wasn't even the job itself or the challenging of it. It's challenging, but it's still manageable. It was that command didn't seem to be what it was when my dad had command. Mm. The way he talked about command, the way it was his, you know, just the way the, and I want to say the ownership of it, like, people who command now don't have ownership. It's not that, but it's like the ownership that they were allowed. The yeah, that, shit, that got that us they... in trouble. Sorry to cut you off. That got us in trouble our first episode. Oh, did it? <laughs> yeah, we was talking about department heads. <laughs> David said, department heads. What'd you say, David? I don't even know, man, but it got us in trouble. Though. It got us in I, trouble. No, oh, no, I said... Um, oh, did I say it was like a, a figurehead or something like that? Like yeah, they just like, department something heads like that. I said. Say they have power. Who got upset about it? Let me not ask. Let me not ask. Yeah. Power. I, yeah, it was something like that. I said, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, you know, coming in where we left, that was an edit point for anybody that's listening, right? Uh, I'm going to keep it real pure. So y'all probably going to hear it as a, f- pure, a full pure uh, edit point. But I, I had, I was cutting you off because you was, uh, when you started talking about, um, captains and decision making mm. and uh stuff like that yeah. and um because our very first episode uh we were talking about department heads and decision making mm-hmm. and like us feeling like department heads didn't have as much power as you know didn't yield as much power as you know they felt like they had or it seemed mm. as like or, no matter of fact as they should have had right and um mm-hmm. you were getting to a good point about uh you know wanting to be a skipper at some point wanting command but then seeing it wasn't like you know what it was and i'm just interested in hearing more yeah so i would have a lot of conversation with my dad um we would talk about it we would we would talk i would tell him the things that were going on on the ship or things that i observed and um I appreciate his perspective. Uh, and 
he he said it was different. He said it sounds different, that that's not really how things worked back then. And I was like, even as a young child, I repre- I saw that. And everybody's different, but I, I just saw the way my dad carried himself, but also the way he spoke about certain things mm-hmm. um, and that experience. Um, but then even when I look back to, so my first ship was a cruiser. So it was an 06 captain. Both of them were, both captains I had were super senior. They were both nukes. And, um, and I know the dynamic and structure the obviously the structure of uh, leadership is different when it comes to a cruiser, but they, somebody still answers to somebody. Right. Mm-hmm. And so between my dad's experience and then the experience I had on my first ship and just how that felt that, that leadership, that autonomy, um, that I felt within my captain and certain decision-making things and like, Oh, when they said something, when they said it was what it was, that's what it was on and yeah. off the ship kind of thing. And, um, and it's not a knock to any of the captains, um, that I've served with after. It's just, I noticed the difference time-wise, the, the eight to nine, 10 years between that. And then also the different structure between an 06 command and an 05 command and how that structure works, uh, with the Desron and stuff. And so again, like my dad said, you don't need two points to draw. You don't need more than two points to draw a line. And I was just seeing a trend over time, but also a trend in structure. Um, That command was different than I thought it was. Mm -hmm. And I think that's also because the Navy has changed a lot uh, when it comes to politics. And because we can't, we can't act like there's not a whole lot of politicking going on around us serving and what we're doing. And so, um, I just saw, I just saw a different influence of that as I came into my department at tour. And it's also, it's, I was a JG at the time with those captains and there's maybe things I didn't see behind the scenes or conversations that I started to see behind the scenes as a department head or how things worked. It's kind of like the wizard of Oz and behind the curtain, Mm -hmm. I started to see behind the curtain a little bit. And, um, it was in my ops tour that I was like, you know, if this is how that structure works, I don't know if I want this. Yeah. Um, and that seed was being planted and I would talk to my dad about it a lot and we would talk about it. And um, I don't know if you, oh, I don't know. Never mind. I'm like, I don't know what we're allowed to talk about or not allowed to talk about when it comes to incidences, but we had an incident on the ship that was pretty intense. That led to um, led to some interest, we'll say. And when I was talking to my dad about it, uh, he was like, "You know, Alana, that's that's the risk of command. People talk about the, you know, the not the glory of command, but the responsibility or the weight of it and stuff. But you're not having. We don't. I didn't notice a lot of conversations happening about the risk of command. That you could have an amazing tour, do mm-hmm. everything right." And then not even do something wrong, but something wrong happens. And it's all wiped away. Mm-hmm. It's just all shot. Your whole career, everything that you've led up to to that moment, not even just that tour, but everything that you've done, it's just wiped out. And he's like, and that's the risk of command. And that is also something that you need to uh, pay attention to, you need to think of. Um, and so, yeah, we, we would have a lot of conversations about it. and. Um, I just saw something different than what I thought it was. Yeah. So, so we'll say that. Yeah. Uh, 
I had this thing. We, we, we was talking about structure a little bit and mm-hmm. and at my job right now. Mm-hmm. Like, right? Mm-hmm. So I was doing SEL for a little while, right? So, and I'm in there and, and, and I had an 06 um, captain and, and I'm in there listening to him talk. So our structures like this, you got a cause, right? So he's an 06, mm-hmm. right? Then he has assistants, right? Mm-hmm. Like he have a, for a N4, but he got them all though. He got N1, N4, all, all this. And what got me was, is that we are in 44, right? Mm-hmm. So he, he's actually under the assistant chief of staff. Cause you got N4, so he under that, but they all captains. So we got like, mm-hmm. it's like three captains there. <laughs> You know, it gets me. I, I just didn't understand all that when I yeah. listen to him talk and I'm listening to him go through this. That's three captains right there. Yeah. All of them 06s. Yeah. That's crazy, crazy to me right there. Like, why you can't just have, like, <laughs> I don't know. It just threw me off with the, with the whole structure and, and how these things work because, and then I see up on his board where he got the whole structure laid out. It's so many names there. It's so many, like, I'm like, oh, wow, this is like a lot. Like this is yeah. a, like he got all the names and all that stuff on his board up. I'm like, this is wild, man. Like, and I the only reason why I'm bringing that up because when these decisions and stuff is being made, mm. man, it ain't just one person at no, no. time. These no. decisions are being made by several people yeah. uh, when it comes out there. But I want to touch on it a little bit. And we talked about the times, though, right? Do you think it has something to do by you wanting to become command and all that stuff? And when your dad was doing it. Um, it's being 2022 and things are just different right now. They you know, are, like, like, pe- like, like when I came in I, and I tell, I, I say this story all the time. I probably, I'm sure I brought it up several times before when I came in, you didn't question anything. You know, now captains are probably being, if you're the commander of the ship, you probably got department heads. You probably got junior sailors. Everybody is questioning yes. everything. And it used to not, not be like, it's like, okay, captain put out a job, job get done, it, you know, done. It, but it's not like that anymore, you know? So it's not. It so is I, not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I think that has a lot to do with someone, um, thought process too, especially mm-hmm. when they have family members that came up and went through the, through the, through the ranks also. Um, and, and the last thing I got for about, about your dad, what is some of the, what is one of those things that stands out when it comes to advice he gave you? One thing that just stands out. I know you talk to you a lot. You guys talk a lot, but I got everything. Yeah. <laughs> um, God, there's so many, my dad, had, he's, he's, whew, he's a powerhouse of, uh, just knowledge and experience. Um, I'll say this because it was this transition I'm going through as far as, so it's, it's a combination of things because yes, it was my health, but also my decision to, I could have done the push through thing. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I want to stay. I want to stay. And talked like everybody into helping me do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the legacy of my family is—it's important to me. And how powerful to have had a black man and his daughter both have commanded ships. You know, mm-hmm. back to that inspiration piece. I just thought that that would be so powerful, and I wanted to do that for me, but I also wanted to do that for my dad. To be real. Mm-hmm, um, yeah. 
to live to the fullest extent of his legacy and beyond. And um, it it was one of the, not that I needed his approval per se, but man, did I have his support mm. and his encouragement. He was like, Alana, it's time to go. Yeah. It is time for you to go. And he 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 was the main person pulling me to my truth when it came to I was tired. Not I obviously wasn't feeling well. Command already wasn't what I thought it was. We'd had those conversations. He knew that. But also, to be real, I stopped feeling valued on the ship as mm-hmm. a teammate and a team member. Um, and he knew those sides and those conversations we were having about things that were happening on the ship. And, um, he said to me, and I, sh- I share this with everyone to help maybe guide them in their decision, whether it's about the Navy or about a future job or whatever. He was like, when you no longer feel valued, mm. it's time for you to go. Yeah. Because that is not a place where you can thrive. That is not a place where you can grow. Um, and he's like, and I know you don't feel valued mm-hmm. on the ship or in the Navy in general. Because, um, man, they cast you aside real quick when you get sick. So, like, right, straight up. Yeah. And so, and I understand that's the cog wheel and that's how it works. But I wanted, he showed me that I wanted better for myself and that that was okay. And that's, more than okay, that's exactly what I should be doing. And um, and so we were having that conversation and I was like, but you know, what about the people in the Navy? Like, they need good leaders. Mm-hmm. They need people who care. And I feel like I'll be leaving that, that guilt again, that sense of service to that. And he said, Alana, how many people in the Navy? And we threw out the number and he was like, how many people are in the world? Mm-hmm. And I said, yeah. And he goes, you have an opportunity to touch the world, mm-hmm. not just the Navy. He's like, your, your inspiration, your, what you're going to give people. He's like, you don't have to think of it just in the capacity of the Navy. You can still reach those people. You can still talk to those people while doing what you is best for you while doing what you want to do while doing what is true for you. Yeah. And so um that's he he's got a lot of great <laughs> nuggets and I w- I'm probably going to write them down all at once and caption them but like that was what I needed mm-hmm. from the only person that could give it to me uh with the situation that I was dealing with was my dad and I didn't even know I needed it and he was the one telling me like it's time to go. Yeah. It's time to go. Crazy. That's yeah. a conversation me and you had, Damon. <laughs> yeah. How many really? people in the Navy? How many people in the world? Yeah, man. Yeah. Damon had that conversation yeah. before. Yeah. Right? yeah. It was it's, awesome. It's an, right? it, yeah. Um, first off, big shots at the pops. You know, pop, pop. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. Because and, and I and I say this because that's what I inspire to be. Because mm-hmm. I didn't have a dad growing up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I ain't have nobody that 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 figured to go, hey, let me go talk to this person about yeah. let me go talk to that person about this or whatever. So, man, that's big, man. I mean, yeah. that, that's big. Um 
to for my kids to even look at say I can go talk to talk to him about this and be inspired by something you know mm-hmm. that I didn't done and um, which is which is huge man so big shots out to pops yeah Thanks but I look at I look at like inspiration like uh yeah definitely shout out to pops man I, j- I already knew he was powerful from when you gave a powerful speech at like mm. women's it was either women's day or black history month and I'm yeah. like I just can't wait to do my black history month one day I'm gonna do a black history month <laughs> speech and it's gonna rival yours like that's, that's oh, my that's goal that's gonna be that's big you got it you got it you got it but I look at but that's an, again that's a piece of inspiration right but I look at inspiration like um like mushrooms. We got these mushrooms in our, um, in my yard. Right. And I like, you can't let them grow. Right. So, mm. uh, you know, our yard is, I guess it's like, it's, you know, the fun guy or whatever, but you can't let them grow. Cause what they do is they, you know, as they grow, they, sh- they got spores. So the spores travel mm. through the wind. And yeah. as the spores travel through the wind, like other mushrooms grow, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? That wouldn't have existed yeah. if you would have cut the mushroom down. So that's kind of like what I look at, like, uh, inspiration that so when i think about like you know for instance saying like at one point i wanted to go command so i could be you know the daughter of you know my father who went command and be like father daughter but it's like your spores already have traveled to somebody right Mm -hmm. and that person is still going to be like pretty much a result of that inspiration that you got from Mm -hmm. your father um, but the beauty in sp- spores is that they didn't just travel to one damn person. They traveled to <laughs> yeah. like a multitude of people, you know, so you just never know. Like, and I think we take inspiration. I think, I really think we take inspiration for granted. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I just mentioned yeah. earlier that I, I mentioned earlier that we started up a poetry, uh, like, uh, well, we started up an expression uh, club on a ship, right? A way to get sellers like, to be themselves, right? Outside mm-hmm. of just being professional, right? Just to be yourself. And I also mentioned that one of the sellers, you know, when he first came into this group, he had an issue with like publicizing his his work, his material, mm. right? And I mentioned that he's now published a book, right? I and I that. mean, and we've had conversations, you know, and you, we, I used you as an example, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, CSO did it, you know, obviously, you know, whatever you were at the time, I'm like, CSO <laughs> did it. You could do it, man. It's easy. I'm like, if you need to talk yes. to her, talk to her. It's, it's, it's probably pretty easy, man. You know, so yeah. you spores, you know, spores kind of, um, happened there, traveled that way. Spores travel. You got young officers who still, it don't matter, black, white, you know what I'm saying? They still mm-hmm. are inspired by you. They still climbing, you know, and they, they mm-hmm. got dreams to go command or whatever. And some yeah. nuggets that they took from you along the way, they're going to use it as they go. And some of those nuggets they took from you are nuggets from your father. You know what I mean? Yeah. You they got uh, young enlisted sellers, you know what I'm saying? Who, 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 who yeah. took those nuggets, you know what I mean? So that's just the way I look, you know, just that like inspiration, like it just travels way further than we yeah. ever give ourselves the credit, you know, for it to travel. You know what I mean? Somebody could die yeah. alone with nothing but not know how much they like affected the world. You know, we yeah. know about, uh, you know, Frank Sinatra. I'm trying my best not to use Steve Jobs <laughs> as an example. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank you, bro. Thank you. Thank you. But we know about like Martin Luther King. We know about, but we don't know yeah. about like, for instance, like my grandma. My mm. grandma might've changed the world already. You know what I'm saying? My yeah. nephew's son might be a world changer. And don't nobody yeah. knows how much of that they got, you know, we got from my grandma. 
But um, mm-hmm. I got a quick random question for you. If you mm-hmm. wrote an autobiography, mm. right? So for, it's, it's a two-part, right? Would you start yeah. with a prologue or would you start with a chapter one? <sighs> chapter one, we're going to dive in. All right. Okay. So you start with chapter one. All right. So where, so I had a hard time with our nine 11 question last week, Damon, because if I wrote a story about my life, I would start mm. with that day. Right. And I already mm. wrote that chapter. That's why I was like having a hard time telling the story. <laughs> but, um, mm-hmm. if you, if you did, if you wrote one of yours, where would you start? Like what, what, what would page one look like? Mm. I would start. It's interesting you say that because I've wanted to, um, write something like that, not an autobiography per se, but something autobiographical that, um, like ties into a lot of different themes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would interesting enough start now. Mm-hmm. Mm. It would begin in, it would begin in reflection. The moment is now, but, um, it, it covers, it covers the reflection of the past and then also discussion of the future type things. And, the culmination of lesson lessons learned and emotions and experiences and the hindsight being 2020 thing right now, because when writing and being true to the moment, you have to remove, like if I write five, 10 years ago, I got to be true to that moment and what I did or didn't know in that moment. But I think what, Mm. um, in my journey has been so powerful for me is what has all led me good, bad, whatever, however you want to describe it, positive, negative has led me to who is sitting in this seat right now. And it's the, it's the most powerful version of me. And so I would begin with the now. Mm-hmm. All right. So that brings me to another question. Um, mm-hmm. It's like this, right? So I look at like life as like, we gearing up for something. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, no matter what happened, like if I never like I love music, I used to like rap every day. Right? I love I music a, too. Rapper, <laughs> right. So like for my whole life, like that was what I did was rap. So attention to detail. And then it was more of a like observation of like people. Right. So I mm-hmm. want to like actually mm-hmm. see um, people for like who they are. Right. So and I need to see people because I need to create characters. Right. So I need to fully kind of digest people. Um, I didn't know when I was 11 years old, like writing raps that I would be doing a podcast. Right. I didn't know that. Right. So I I look at life as like this kind of like place where you just gather up and gather up, gather up stuff as you go along and it makes you better for, uh, the next chapter. So my question for you is what, from your experience for for the Navy has like, Mm. from your experience in the Navy has armed you for this next chapter that you pretty much, uh, kind of like knocking on the door of our, our one foot in, um, yeah. so to speak. It's what you said. People I keep on throwing out people, but people are involved in everything that we do. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you, in the Navy, I think we maybe don't realize how many people we meet, but yeah. then also how many, I don't know if people's outside people outside looking in their views of the Navy. But to me, it's never been just a job. Like we, we get into the details of other people's <laughs> lives, like yes. your finances, who are you seeing on the weekends? Like, I mean, you are, we are therapists as well as like leaders or managers. And so you really get into like helping people with better habits, understanding people like, their thought process and their decision-making because you got to like help them grow and adjust. And like, so 
just the deeper and wider understanding and exposure to all sorts of different types of people from all sorts of different talk, walks of life. And it, it, it was really just like, um, you collect so many data points on how people do or don't work, what motivates yeah. people. Cause you got to, you know, someone might not rah, rah, you know, running off to do everything that other people are doing. So you got to find a way to specifically motivate this person. And that digs into the psychology of them and their, their, you know, touch points or pressure points. And it's, it's, it's more than I think we consciously know as you're leading and, you know, having people do inherently dangerous things. Mm-hmm. It, it takes a lot of understanding of people and the psyche. And yeah. so, um, something that'll be is important to me and anything I'm about to do is helping people identifying where people need help and seeing what I can do to help them in those areas. And a lot of that comes from understanding people and being able to just now naturally identify those different touch points. Um, And then you add in the attention to detail and the, the ability to hustle. My thing is if I can give all I gave to the Navy, Mm. If I meant, if, if I just gave 30% of that to myself and my own endeavors, mm. I'm going to be, I'm going to be out of this world. You know, it's just mm. what we give to the Navy. Damn. We need to give to ourselves as well and our endeavors and our creativity. And that's what I think about it as I transition. I'm like, you know, being an entrepreneur, going to full-time writing and all the things that I want to do. It's a little nerve wracking because, you know, I get some imposter syndrome, like, oh, that's a lot, Alana. Like, those are some big dreams. But I'm like, all that I know I did? Yeah. Yeah. Duh, I can do that for myself and my dreams. I was doing yeah. it for this mission and that goal. Yeah, I- I'll be I'll be good. So, um, so I, I kind of, when I have my moments of doubt or, you know, fear, I, I bring all of that, what I know I'm capable of. And I apply it to the path of my dreams and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to make it. Yeah. 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 So I, I, real quick. What, what are you doing right now? You like, you going to, are you going to like journalist school or something right now? Oh, I was like, I was like, you trying to be funny. Cause right now let me be clear. I'm in a, I was a part of the Wounded Warrior program, so I was able to work out an internship with Mike Stedman uh, for his Ironbound Media company. Um, so I've been doing that. We've been writing and stuff. And so I wanted to step into an opportunity that helped me transition to what I ultimately want to do. And so I was accepted to Columbia's journalism program. Nice. Shout out to Captain DeMeyer and Commander Morosky for the most awesome recommendations for that. They both really came mm. through for me on that, uh, for my application for Columbia. And uh, I got in. I got in this past March, but I knew with the delays of processing with the Navy and stuff, I knew I probably wouldn't be out in time this year, this fall to attend. And so they approve um, deferring to the next year on a case-by-case basis. So I put in my request and they they said, of course. And so I'll be going to Columbia's journalism program uh, next fall nice, in New York. Nice, and I'm, I'm really nice. excited. Very excited about it. I was pretty hyped when I found out I got in. Oh, yeah. It's major. So, congrats. Thank you. Congrats. You You know, we got some hand claps or something. We got (laughs) 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 (laughs
Look, I didn't know you had sound effects. Oh yeah, we got sound effects. We got that. We got this one. We got this one. I'm not the one you think I am, brother. Hey. I will take 20 years of the military and beat your ass. You understand know me? Yeah, so they. Is they that what my energy sometimes? <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, they, they, they are too. But I get, so I got some quick, because I know we can't finish everything in one conversation. I already know, because I got a million uh, questions. Um, mm-hmm. Before we, it's two more things I want to talk about. Okay. I want to talk about black veteran entrepreneur real quick. Mm-hmm. But I also, after that, I want to talk. I want to dig into the Chiefs mess for it as long, yes. as, as, long mess, as we can. Mess, mess. Um, but uh, the, before I ask that, I know you're a Marvel fan. Right? I am. So, I yeah. So I want to ask you, do you have a favorite Marvel character? So it has changed over the years. I can't tell you how many times I've seen these movies, like through and through. I like, uh-huh. I watch it. So. <clears throat> Initially, it was Thor for just okay. some from some real basic reasons. <laughs> but yeah, uh, gotcha. Uh, <laughs> 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 but um, then I went through like another run through, and Captain America was interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I know there's the 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 discussion about if you go deeper into Marvel stuff rather than just enjoying the movies, but the cultural conversations surrounding it, I know there was a lot of cultural conversations surrounding uh, Captain America and stuff, but I really liked the play between him and Tony Stark. And uh, definitely like the civil war presentation Mm -hmm. of the dualities of their approach to leadership. Mm -hmm. And, um, it was end game that brought me to like, the person, and I, I know I'm jumping around because I could I talk about this for hours. <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, it's all good. In seeing Endgame, the, Tony Stark's arc as a character mm-hmm. was just so powerful. Yeah, great. Great. It, truly. Like, of course, I, w- I would love to jump out there and be like, 100% Black Panther. I mean, you know, Chadwick Boseman and just the the Black Panther was for the culture and all of that. And I think we're still seeing that story play out. So I can't fully speak to that, like the full Mm -hmm. buy-in to that. But with the movies and all of that and the culmination, I would say Tony Stark's arc was was impressive um, as a as a character. And to that's what I think I appreciate about people most and about myself is we all have starting points. And things that we maybe are, aren't proud of throughout our life. But it's like, where are you now and what are you coming to? That's right. important. That that process, that progress, that growth, the delta in that growth and how mm-hmm. large that is or how deep that is. And so that uh, I'd say Tony Stark and Iron Man resonates with me because of that specific reason. Yeah, Tony Stark. Hey, Hey, and it's kind of crazy. We're, we, we sit at home and we watching movies and we thinking about other people's leadership roles while we're watching the movie. <laughs> we yeah. think about like how they're leading and, and these two different characters yeah. and all that type of stuff. It's kind of crazy, man. As I yeah. said that, I was like, dang, can't you just enjoy the movie, Alana, when you're yeah. thinking about that? No, right? But, yeah. but you, could, you could get a lot out of them. I reference movies oh, yeah. almost every podcast. You could yeah. get a lot out of them. I mean, Tony Stark was a narcissist, a, a narcissist yes. who sacrificed himself for yes. everybody else. You know what I mean? Yeah, and exactly. um, I mean, that's me breaking down everything you just said. And I'm like, I think in the layman's terms, like yeah. a, nar- a narcissist who sacrificed himself for everybody else. 
Yeah. You know, so I got, so, um, I like, I like Tony Stark too. I, I just okay. Out I was, who is you know yours? Yeah. I like, I like uh, my comic book period is Batman. Yeah. Um, okay. the rendition <laughs> yep. of Batman, yep. um, maybe, uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman or whatever. Mm. Uh, but Marvel, mm. we talked about, we talked through, we was talking Marvel. So Marvel, yeah, to be Tony Stark, who I think is pretty much Batman anyway. <laughs> they kind of like the yeah, same guy. He is. He is <laughs> Rich yeah. guy. Nice suit. <laughs> um, but, um, I, I, damn, I, I really want to talk about imposter syndrome, but I'm not, uh, we'll table okay. that until, uh. Next time we talk. Uh, okay. But so Black Veteran Entrepreneur, you're collaborating with Mike Stedman, who we know we were just on his podcast. Yes. I listened to you on his podcast. That was an mm-hmm. excellent episode. Y'all talked about imposter syndrome uh, and a lot on there. That was a great episode. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to the book. Uh, my question is this, though. It's about collaboration. Appreciate that. So mm-hmm. my first thought on collaboration is this. How hard is it to relax? your? So let me give you an example. So sometimes I collaborate with people. Mm-hmm. Me, myself, mm-hmm. when I do things, I'm super anal. Like, it don't matter how long it takes for it to, for me to do it. I'm anal. I'm going to be hard on myself. And the end product yeah. is going to look like something I could stand beside. Um, and something I could probably, like, it won't take any explaining outside of what you see. Like, it's like mm-hmm. what you see is what you get. It's what it is. Every yeah. piece of information is there. Date, mm-hmm. time, the weather is going to be that day. Boom, boom. <laughs> you know? Now, when I'm working with other people... You know, uh, they they be like, well, what what you what, what you need all that for? Like like like, what, what do we need to do this for? And you know, and sometimes I can explain it, and then other times it's like because I'm just an anal asshole. <laughs> like I don't just know. give me I'm what just I'm an asking anal for. Asshole, <laughs> I fucking suck at life, and like we just gotta do it this way. Like I don't know, right? So my question for you is this: uh, How hard is it for you to relax your standard of quality, mm-hmm. right? And uh, how do you feel after? Mm-hmm. So. Interesting question. Cause I don't feel I've done that in any collaboration that I've had Mm -hmm. because in the way that it's approached or the collaboration I have with that person. So to me, energy is everything. Yeah. So like the creative collaborations I had with the photographers, we had good energy. Uh, Jonathan Peterson, I I went to school with Neku was through people who have good energy and we 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 met in that space where we come together, like our touch points worked. When it came to Mike uh, on the podcast, you'll hear it. It's like we we have very different approaches to things, right? Yeah, yeah. So you did sense that. And one of the lines he was saying is, I know I was getting on Alana's nerves because I'm just throwing stuff at her and I'm very organized and detailed and stuff. But when it comes to that, it's like, it's an understanding and a connection with the person that you're working with but Mm -hmm. also more so an understanding of yourself and the why's behind you, the why behind uh, why you do or don't do the things that you do. And also appreciation for where I can be outside of my comfort zone or I need to also be outside of my comfort zone. So when it comes to my detail, being detail oriented, being detail oriented and having control over the things and having to be organized and set and this and that, it's like, what's, I had to ask myself, what's the real purpose behind this? Mm-hmm. What's the real purpose behind the process? What's the real purpose behind me wanting it to be my way in this way? And, um, and then also understanding what Mike's strength was, what Mike's strengths and how what he did could carry us to another level and how what I did could carry us to another level. And so just being able to navigate that dynamic and understanding where my detail, detail oriented cookie cutter thing wasn't what we needed. 
Yeah. It wasn't the way to get us to the next level of creativity or where we were trying to go. And so being okay and letting someone else lead at that time. Yeah. There was no leader in our collaboration, but we we both have our different strengths and there's a certain time for some of them to be in play and others Mm -hmm. not to. And so one thing Mike would always say that I appreciate that is teaching me that is we got to understand where is our ego coming into play Mm -hmm. in all those little things. And so Mike led our collaboration with, I have no ego here. Do what you think is best. And so I'm going, I'm not going to leave you out there by yourself in that philosophy. I'm going to meet you there too. No ego, Mike, let me know what you need or how you best think we should approach this aspect of it. And, and then that's how I think we were able to create something bigger than our individual selves and our collaborative selves is because we, we went, we just allowed and opened up and allowed the opportunity. Yeah. That's the beauty and collaboration. Yeah. And I, I, I say that I'm saying that to the chief selects now, like, Hey, remove your ego first. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Remove work. your ego. That's the first thing that need to go is your ego. I also mm-hmm. know though, like I also know, you know, comparing it to like sports, yeah. like who I am as a person, like mm-hmm. I'm going to do whatever. Yeah. I'm going to do whatever is needed though. Right. So mm-hmm. if you put me in a game and you need somebody to shoot, I'm going to do it. If you need somebody to pass, I'm going to do it. If you need somebody to shoot, pass still. If you need me to do everything, I'm going to do it all, right? Mm -hmm. So, and then I find myself, for instance, like even right now, like, you know, the chief season, I find myself with a bunch of other people like, hey, like, and they ask me, like, you know, not everybody's like me. So Mm -hmm. I find myself with a bunch of other people like, well, what do you, they see me doing it all, like sometimes. They'd be like, well, what you need me to do? You know, and I'm mm. like, yo, just do, you know, and I find myself like, hey, just do whatever, you know, and sometimes people <laughs> don't know like what that means, like, yeah. like what you mean yeah. by that. But it's like the way I look at it, like, yo, I'm coming in, I'm going to do whatever need to be done. My brother asked me that one day when we were moving, right? My mind is scattered, right? But uh, he was in my house and I was moving that day. I was like, yo, I need your help. He was mm-hmm. like, what do you need me to do? I'm like, all the shit that's in here, it has to come out of here like, like, like that's what <laughs> do that like do I that i don't have enough time to explain to you you know what needs to happen but um i want to dig into uh i want to dig into why we still got a little bit of time man i want to mm-hmm. dig into like the chiefs the chiefs because i know that you know you 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 know you you are still a department head right now right you mm-hmm. about to retire um so you've come up from academy, you know, until now, and you've got a chance to work with chiefs at a bunch of different levels from LCPOs to, uh, DLCPOs from being yeah. a divo, um, mm-hmm. at some point to, uh, being a department head. Um, I wrote a question now, uh, I say you, uh, who cares about my question? Um, but, uh, <laughs> what's your honest observation on chiefs, um, from based off of, you know, your, you know, your observation. It's a mixed bag. Uh-huh. So some it's shitty me. ones. Some trash yeah. ones. <laughs> yeah, let's be real. I think it's like it's like anybody, it's any level, any divo, any department head. Um, it's a, it's a, it was a mixed bag over the years. But I was blessed with. Um, I thought about that question that you said, and I really started to think about the people who had the biggest influence on my career, mm-hmm. and uh, mentors, and um, I would say strongly can say eighty percent of them were the, my mentors and the people with the greatest impact on my career were in the mess or came from the mess. And now we're mm-hmm. in the wardroom, uh, straight up, like the top people, like 
thinking senior chief uh, Daniel Britt, Darren Jones, he was the ADO on my ship. Our IWO, Jeff, uh, Jeff Robinson, he was uh, the IWO on my first ship. Uh, they came from the mess. Um, just like, and those were my, that was my first ship in the formative years. Uh, a CSCS, Chris, like he was an amazing mentor and watched out for me. And I try to focus more on that. I had a deep frustration with the mess for a lot of things in my career. Mm-hmm. But I also had a deep appreciation and understanding that, man, if you had a good chief, you were set. Like, you, mm. that is gold. Yeah. I mean, the absolute cornerstone of your success in your division or your department or whatever level you're leading is whether or not you have a good representation in the mess and in your department or your division was, was your chief. Cause I had been without at a point and man, we, we struggled real bad. And that was like yeah. my first, <laughs> that was my first division. And so I, I learned in a real rough way, but what I'm glad for is I had those other examples that I didn't, I didn't create like a disdain for the mess or anything. I just knew, Hey, there's a difference between a good chief and there's a difference between a, a not so good chief. Speak, yeah. Speaking of that. Um, so in the mess, we always speaking about like, you know, the impact that a chief have on the first, yeah. you know I mean, on a devo on the first, you know, first Absolutely. one. So how was your, like your first interact with your first chief you had? How did that go? It, it was interesting. The first one. First yeah. one. So I was, I was blessed to have, I had a, I had a chief and I had a senior chief, okay. uh, in the rate, but he was, the senior chief was also departmental. So he mm-hmm. was, you know, going to take care of his gunner's mates, but he also had departmental duties. And, um, so I, I kind of got both experiences at the same time, but I had a main chief. Um, again, that iceberg thing, I, I now perspective, I know he was at the end of his career. There was some stuff that was going on in the ship. Um, you know, he was, he was tired. Gunner, Gunner's mate's not an easy job, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they, they, yeah. It's intense on a cruiser. And they, they had gone through some stuff before I, I came there. But um, I felt like I was running things. I felt mm. like I had to hit the ground running. I had a real steep learning curve, especially when it comes to ordinance, because I was gunnery officer and ordinance officer. So the weapons and the ordinance, like, we can't play around. Um, yeah. And I didn't feel like I had the full support that I needed. Like, from the jump, I'm... I'm having to double check things and question things because I got burned several times from the jump. And so you only need to touch the fire so many times to know that it's hot. So I didn't, I didn't want to continue getting burned. And so I felt more, it's not till later that I realized, but I felt more in, um, I felt like I was more leading things than I maybe should have needed to at that time as a mm-hmm. divo. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're getting qualified and stuff like that, but also just naturally where the division should already be with a good chief. Like, yeah. 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 I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have that initially. So that's why I'm as detail oriented as I, I was like that carried into my department her towards like, and I like that you guys talk about in the mess because you are really have every opportunity to set the tone for a young officer's career. Mm-hmm. You really do as a chief, um, whether it's good or bad or how they handle things in the future. And one of the seeds that was planted in me was 
to be extremely detail oriented and to run down that someone, you know, had their shit together. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. It, it's crazy you say that because I have like probably in the last what five, six years, I have had devils come on board you know, ready to run things. Like, ready, mm. like, you know, I, I remember being like, oh, whoa, whoa, you got <laughs> your balls yet? You know what I mean? You, got, you know what point started yet? <laughs> I, I'd be like, hey, I got this. <laughs> you know, I got, but that's the mentality. They come in like, yeah, mm. what about, what about seeing, seeing, seeing? I'm like, hold up, player. Mm. You know what I mean? Slow down a little bit. Do you have your lifeboat assignment yet? Like, come on. Yeah, it's, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, But yeah, as a, as a mess, a guy through and through, man, I hate you had to deal with that. You know, um, because we always harping on stuff like that. You know, we yeah. always harping on on said that foundation and, and things like that. So um, I hate you had to deal with that. Um, but for like, like, it, it's crazy because I, I kind of want to get into your departmental guy because I know who your departmental guy was. Yeah, but I just wanted to speak to the positive <laughs> side, though, too. I mentioned the, the chief, but the senior chief, uh-huh. he really showed me the way. Um, and he spoke life into my career. And I don't say that lightly. Like he, mm-hmm. I remember sitting in the, the office, the weapons office, and we were at some computers. And it was my first tour. And he said, my divos, every div I've had has always been number one. And not just the showy number one that some people get, but like the, we do everything right. We work hard and they're number one. Mm-hmm. And I didn't attain that in my first tour, but I did in my second tour on that ship. And he was no longer my senior chief, but he, he, it's just not that it's not something I would have never thought for myself, but it was one, I wasn't really thinking about that, but like he taught me things and led me to that path of like excellence in that way that only like a a senior chief or a chief can guide you as an officer, like covering your blind spots that you don't know about, like Mm -hmm. mentoring you and helping you in that way. And yeah, when I, when I, when I, rankings and fit reps is not something I really talked about much or like shared with people and stuff. But when I obtained that, I let him know. I said, Mm -hmm. senior, I did it. And it was because like he, I wanted to show up for what he saw in me mm-hmm. um, and what his standard was. And um, I was glad to be able to, to tell him that when that time came. And I attribute a lot of that to how he mentored me and how he was like, we do that. We do do this. We don't do this. Like, and kind of mm-hmm. guided me that way when he had time outside of his departmental duties. Yeah. So yeah. the only thing, that's the only thing that I was going to say, um, <laughs> I was going to say, uh, I feel like it's a you got an unturned stone though because you never unfortunately you mm-hmm. never did a chain tour have you I have not lord I stay so far away I <laughs> even though I enjoyed my time in the plant when I was getting my e out it was uh-huh. it was really fun it was yeah. I I yeah it's different right different too it's so different and I love it I loved it though yeah. But I knew damn well not to ask for that for my department. Shit, <laughs> 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 make or break you quick, you know oh, what I'm saying? Yeah, buddy. I said, yeah. where do my strengths lie? I'm going to go with that. <laughs> so I'm going to be ops. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great department, but really rough. It's, I know it's a tough job. Like, Yeah. I, I really job. loved um, y'all's camaraderie. 
I, I did like the teamwork, like tightness aspect of engineering. Like that drew me. I always loved that. Like you, y'all just, it made me a little jealous, but I, my squad yeah. got there. We got there. But like, <laughs> I just, it's inherent to you all. No matter who your leader is, y'all are all tight. It's its mm. very much a tight-knit group. And I really love that about that department. Yeah. yeah. I, I tell you on the last, the last command though, that group was different though. But you know, like, we, we, mm. like when I say different is though, like we had a, we had some good, yeah. <laughs> some good leaders in our department when it comes yeah. from a, a chief standpoint. You don't see it all the time. You see your, your two, three, maybe like that yeah. or whatever. But Holding it together. <laughs> uh, yeah. I've been on, I've been at commands where I had to do a lot more mentoring to mm-hmm. other divisions because okay. they were, you know, the department here me, I asked me, hey, we kind of a little bit slow right here. Can you help <laughs> out a little bit, blah, blah, <laughs> or whatever the case, I'm, I'm being real, like yeah. whatever yeah. the case may be. Yeah. But um, on this ship, though, I mean, on, on last command, it wasn't like that, man. We had some, yeah. some, some, some awesome. good people, some good people who's doing good things on there. Yeah, yeah. you could cross really, command too. Yeah, you could really see that. I just want to let y'all know that as much as I was out there repping ops and like saying we were the best department, which we were, but like <laughs> y'all, <laughs> I always I would walk by and I would hear y'all's gatherings and your quarters and stuff when you were in one of my hangers and um. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I, I always loved what I saw. I really did. Truly. It stuck out. It was, it stuck out a lot. You know, and one more thing, speaking of the hangar bay, you know, <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not. I used to, I don't know if you was there. I used to do quarters in the hangar. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah, the yeah. time. Yeah. Now, I don't know if you noticed that my quarters got moved to the flight deck. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed that that's what happened, you know, you to, to my quarters. Yeah, get up out of there, man. Got me out of there. How many days? How many days did you get, man? <laughs> How many days? Hey, you got six minutes, man. days. Uh, by tomorrow. I don't want to see y'all in here. So Ooh, what I was man. what I was trying to create, like there was always a method to my madness and <laughs> what I was doing. It wasn't just ever just doing something to do it. What I was trying to do is create ownership for my mm-hmm. department. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. this is our space. Yeah. Take care of it. Clean it. I don't have to talk yeah. about this anymore. Like, yeah. it is yours. Police other people in here. Don't let them be throwing their trash and little snacks over here and just chilling. And so that's what I was trying to establish with the department was an ownership of the space mm-hmm. and um, yeah. and a pride in it. So that that's why I was as cutthroat as I was. Yeah. I don't know... I don't know if this was you, Alana, or not, mm-hmm. or what, maybe it was before you, but I remember also, and, and I'm, like I said, I came up, you know, in an older school mentality yep. thing where, you know, the, um, like, say, for example, deck department, they always, mm-hmm. they, outside of skin and shit was theirs. Like, yeah. Yeah. Ain't, whatever the case may be, it didn't matter, it was theirs. Same. But I, I remember on the ship, all of a sudden, Everybody had little spots out there on the on the on the um <laughs> outside of the skin and ship that was painting. And I don't know where that came from. I remember I remember talking about it. I said, what the fuck am I here painting for? Why am I painting? I don't own nothing out here None of this. on this on this weather day. Was painting? But we had to paint? Yeah. I mean it had it was spots. like yeah, the Everybody ship was like, like broken little... up in different responsibilities. Oh, yeah. I must have been troubleshooting yeah. something. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. How those electricians out here? We gotta go fix some lights. It was man. crazy, man. I, I, re, I remember that, man. Like, why am I out here with a paintbrush outside of the ship? Greeny weenie and a wire brush. That's <laughs> no, crazy. crazy. Yeah, that that was that wasn't me. I uh, that then made it an interesting dynamic to me because now I have to interact with 
all these other departments about something that I feel is mine mm-hmm. in my departments. And now it became this coordination piece. Yeah. Are you using the right color paint? We can't have the, the shit's mm-hmm. not supposed to look like yeah. camo that patch. Was a thing. Like, yeah, that was a thing yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so yeah, no, I agree with you. That was interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey Damon, I know you had another question. I know the clock is ticking. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I most definitely want to um, get into your departmental. Um, uh, oh, we still uh, good, Chief. We still good. We still yeah, got time. Man, I got, okay, man. got time. Okay. Yeah, we, let's, let's go. go. Let's, let's, I mean, your underway football preps has the list been posted on the quarter deck? You trying Damn, to get underway for football? Grill and everything. Make them do that. I do got. Right? Like, I got things. I do got things to do. But this is interesting as hell right now. So. Okay. Um. Yeah, so let's th- let's talk about like um because this is one of the guys I respect a lot, mm, you know, uh, a lot. Talk to him, we always interact and we always talking shit yeah. to each other. It's, it's something <laughs> we always got going on. Um, so I want to know like, like, because was he your department? The time you came aboard, he was all, always been yep. your department. Okay, mm-hmm. yep, good. Was. Um, so how was that in the beginning though? Mm. Because I know he 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 can be a you know a little bit abrasive. He can be you know he. The way he interact too. So how yeah. about you? The first interaction you guys had, how was that? So I can't remember like the first exact one, but what's interesting is like someone had said that to me. You know how people try to give you a heads mm-hmm. up on people before you meet them mm-hmm. type thing. Yeah, yeah. And you know the best policy is just entering with your own energy. You might have something completely different, or you might have something that's the same. So I took stock. I mean, everybody wants to tell with a new person. Tell everybody wants to tell you something. So I was like, all right, interesting. You know, that that's what someone says. Yo, I hope he feels the same. And I'm not just saying this, but like we hit it off. Mm-hmm. We hit it off. Like from the mm-hmm. jump. What what someone had said to me, I was like, now I'm looking crazy at that person because senior always held me down, held the department down, the chiefs down, in the mess. Like everything was just, man, this is what you got to do. This is how you're successful, man. This is what you don't do. Like that senior chief of my GMCS. It was nothing but good energy from the jump. And it might also be like recognizes like, and we realized we didn't have to do that with each other because you could just sense, we could just sense, I sense that I could trust him. And I knew he had the best interest of the department at heart and the best interest of me and our success as a department at heart and that he would always lead with that in conversation with me or conversation with anybody or the way that he moved and what he did. And I've, I've been obviously reflecting on my career and stuff. And I was thinking about him. I'll never forget. I was, we were in the, uh, starboard helo hangar and something was going on. And I like set a policy in the apartment. I can't remember exactly what it was and everybody was there. And I said it and I was like, you know, and this is what needs to be done type thing. And, um, Everybody dispersed. And he he pulled me to the side and he was like, ma'am, you can't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He said, ma'am, you really can't do that. You, that. you cannot set that policy. And I was like, oh shit, really? And that was our, re- <laughs> yeah. that was our relationship is like, I, it was trust. It was trust. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was also the way that he approached me with that information. It wasn't a, him telling me what you can and can't, what I can and can't do. Like you, you know, it was more, it was a, Hey ma'am, like I'm trying to take care of you and I'm trying to take care of us in the department and I have your best interests at heart, ma'am. So I'm telling you, you can't do this. And so that energy is everything. 
And I immediately was like, oh shit, okay, all right, like let's take care of that. Let's turn that back around. Uh, we won't do that. And that's it. That's one of the biggest interactions that we had that I think displays how he approached and how he handled me and led me, but then also how we were collaborative and how much I respected him because he didn't have to say nothing but word on anything. And I was mm-hmm. like, all right, senior. All right. Or if I said, hey, you know what? I, I received that, but I'm working with X, Y, and Z factors that you may not know about. Mm-hmm. And then he would be like, all right. And um, it was very much a collaboration. It was very much a partnership. And I, that's what I really appreciated. He, he's amazing. Really amazing. Amazing person, amazing leader. And I appreciate him so much. And that's the big thing too, when you got that relationship like that, that, yeah. that a lot of times, you know, people can know something and don't say nothing. Mm, yeah. You know, they can know that between right and wrong and they'll just sit back there and just watch you go up in flames, Yes, you know, exactly. and, and sometimes that comes with the relationship though. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you guys don't have a good relationship. So it's like, mm, I'm going to go ahead and just let her burn in. You know, yeah. but when you have that bond and you have that respect for each other and all that type of stuff, it works like that. And, and, and it's good because, you know, like me, my respect for, for I'm going to say it, Dirk is like, <laughs> it's like, um, Dirk was always one of the big three, you know, we had mm. a big three in the mess and Dirk was one of the big three in there, you know, yeah. and, and, and a lot of that came with us being, you know, junior, a lot of us made seeing chief on there. Mm-hmm. And I was included, you know, they, you had already had these established guys was, which for me, all three of them was like, you know, great for my career, yeah. for my neighbor career and how, how I lead things today. Those guys play a part in it. And Dirk most definitely one of them, man. So mm-hmm. big shots out of Dirk. And we also yeah. had a lot of fun. Like, yeah. I think just, I don't know if you maybe saw us on the street, you'd be like, oh, those two people are cool, you know, with each other. But like, it was just. We we laugh so much and joke so much and um, a lot of good times and like he and uh, Danny Adio Mendez Mendoza excuse me uh, we we would also just enjoy each other as people mm-hmm. I think that was an important aspect of it about we got our work done but like we also just chopped it up talked yeah. about things and and got to know each other and and I think that was important is. Un- the understanding of why someone is the way that they are and um, have an appreciation for that. And we all realized we really just, it was for the better, like the betterment of the department at heart is what motivated everything that we did in the ship. And we all identified on that playing field. Yeah. That's what, that's what grounds us. So, you know, I got two things. The first one is like, so I know Dirk listen like all the time. He's listening right now. Right. I know. Uh, he is. So <laughs> I knew y'all had a good, I knew y'all had a good relationship when I saw Dirk laying down uh stomach, you know, to the deck <laughs> with his, his hands on his cheeks. Like, his elf Dirk, hat on. Yeah. Like with an elf hat, like, cause Dirk is like a man's man kind of guy. <laughs> right. Like, you know, so to oh, see man. him, to see him doing that, I was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, they must have a, she got Dirk way outside of, you know, his back. <laughs> hey, what up, Dirk? <laughs> he probably messaging me right now. But um, yeah, this, no, the second part of that. that is another, uh, well, you know, another chief that we actually talked to on our episode, who actually became our first guest, uh, mm. Jesse Hernandez, he always uh, spoke uh, volumes of you, too. And mm. I think that comes with, now, when I think about Jesse, uh, 
his goal is like, you know, excellence, right? He got a, a like yeah. excellence is the goal. When I think about Dirk, his goal is excellence. And when I think about you, your goal is excellence, you know? Mm-hmm. So excellence might look three different ways from three different people. But when we put our heads together, you know, the common goal yes. is still, is still excellent. So if we share, I think a lot of like, you know, especially from the question Damon was asking, but a lot of like, when you get the conflict between like department heads and uh, DLCPOs, our chiefs and divos, it's like, yo, do we need to like recalibrate like our goals? Do we need to sit down and figure mm-hmm. out, Hey, like, what's your goal, sir? For this yeah. division, what's your goal for this department? Because we might not have shared, you know, shared goals, you know, because exactly. my goal is to excel at like everything that we attempt. Right. Mm-hmm. And that comes with failures. Like I've had failures, uh, like well-observed failures. But I think like the saving grace for a lot of those failures is people know like, hey, this dude, he does want excellence. Yes. Like that is at the heart, goal. Yeah. Right. So I think when we make like you know, for your d- departmental LCPO to pull you after a quarters when you might've put something out wrong and be like, Hey man, you know, you know that he's not doing that in no kind of like deceitful way. Like, you nope. know, y'all share that common yes. goal. You know what I mean? And I think that's a lot of where we conflict in, in mm-hmm. the Navy is when we get away from that common interest or whatever. That's just my thoughts on that. No, I appreciate that. And I, I want to put out there because it's super real is some people are just worried about their career. Um, yeah. And on both sides of, you know, the mess, the wardroom, the crew, like, and you can definitely sense when that's the case and how, how somebody moves in that arena and how they move in general is very clear and it's not very collaborative or partnership wise. And it goes back to what we said before about there was no ego between any of us. Mm-hmm. I had my times where I asserted myself because yeah. ultimately it's my responsibility, but we never led with ego or, you know, hurt feelings or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like we're also, we weren't extremely sensitive in that kind of arena. We were both just about getting work done, getting business done. But I want to uh, t- touch on BMC, Jesse Hernandez. Awesome. Awesome. freaking dude. Like what? Just what I appreciate about him so much. He's so real. You know, mm-hmm. just so he was another person that I could trust. Not only what you're telling me, but I could trust it was it's the ground truth. Yeah. Of what's going on and uh, very collaborative as far as, you know. Um, we were just also very collaborative. And, you know, deck is, deck is one of the main pillars of the ops job. Everything yeah, you do with yeah. it, you own so much equipment, own so much equipment. There's so many opportunities for people get hurt and things like that. And we went through some hard times with that division. Um, but he's just one of those people that's like, I've been meditating on it lately. Like just because you're in a leadership position, not all leaders in the Navy are actual leaders. You know, a lot of people yeah. are walking around and you're a man. We're, a lot of people are managers, not a lot of mm-hmm. people are actually leaders. Mm. And so he was one of those people that he, he, w- he was, he's an inherent leader. Mm-hmm. Um, just in the way he carries himself and the way he interacts. And I loved the relationship he had with his sailors and, um, yeah, they, you know, they left on the same day. Yeah. Uh, Derek and, uh, Jesse and the, I got a hurt for department I, head. I, yeah, it hurt Alana. It hurt. <laughs> it hurt. It hurt the department yeah. head, but it hurt 
me. And that's when you know you've met somebody who's had an impact on your career and your life. And they and they definitely did. And I have so much love for them. And I may have gone to my stateroom and teared up a little bit. I think I was mm-hmm. crying when we were doing their farewell because um, they just had such an impact with me and such an impact with the department. And that's why I have that love for the mess because I've, I've had a lot of powerful experiences with people in the mess, even though I've had some rough ones too. So yeah, yeah. That, that was a hit to the department though. I'll say that. Yeah. 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 I know. <laughs> but we had some amazing people coming up Anna Penrod she held it down oh, yeah. as DLCPO coming in as a not only a chief as an L- a DLCPO but a pretty fresh chief yeah. junior as uh, hell junior junior yeah. getting it done she handled yeah. that and I appreciate her so much for that and we rocked and we continued rocking and we we continued rolling. So I, I appreciate yeah. her too. Yeah. Shout out to Anna. Yeah. Shout out to Anna. <laughs> hey, I don't know. I, 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 I'll smile when I think of Anna because I remember Anna like drilling something for me to do one day, like in the mess, like, hey, you need to do this right now. What's stopping you? <laughs> like, you do this. <laughs> it was about putting my office in packaging. She's like, what's stopping you? You need to do it. Like, I just, She's so I, encouraging. I remember this, yeah, I remember this conversation so much. Um, that was because, you know, she had just, I think she had just, you know, picked up. And uh, yeah. it was just, it was just, and I'm like telling her like all the reasons why I like, I just, it was all fucking excuses <laughs> and I knew it. Right. You know, and I think at some point I told her, cause I'm normally honest, like, yo, and I'm like, these are, you know, excuses, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, we'll see where, like, we'll see where life takes, you know, me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. like, um, yeah. from this point on, uh, what does it look like for you in the future? Where's life taking you? life's taking me to a space where I keep on telling myself uh, I don't plan to work for anybody else ever again and I just got to say that because it's like I got to put that energy out there I'm planting that seed in my mind um, it, was, it, was, it was definitely a decision point and talked to Papa about it my pops I was like I can either go like that corporate route kind of thing that a lot of people step into coming out of um, my background uh, but that would just land me in another high stress place. And my lifestyle has very much changed with my diagnosis. And I realized that I just can't keep up with that anymore. Will I perform or my performance be any less? No, but it just needs to be different. And so it was hard, but I have had the time to really get comfortable in pivoting into my truth and to what naturally pulls me in life, which is writing and uh, creativity. And so that's what I'm going to hold on to. Even if it's scary, even if it's not the most financially consistent thing, you know, I can hustle. Mm-hmm. Like I said, if I can hustle mm-hmm. for the Navy, I can hustle for me. So um, I'm going to make it work. I also just to be transparent, I got a hundred percent from the VA. And so um, that provides me a lot of financial freedom with that foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then going to school, we know the GI bill, vocational rehab, that mm-hmm. foundation. So I'm going to go to school for a couple of years, get, get some credentials um, and some networking stuff done for the areas that I'm interested in. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to build, build my ventures, build, build my businesses, build my um, authority as, and valid, validity as an author and a, a, a thought leader. Yeah. So black veteran entrepreneurs right around the corner. 
it right. is this month. And, yeah. And then uh, Evergreen, is it? Is it? Yeah. Is it? Evergreen is something you do, right? It's newsletters or something, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so I, I, you know, yeah, you know checking <laughs> things out. Yeah. What's so up, I started. Baby? What's wrong, David? What's wrong, he's, no, he's watching the clock. He That's what he's doing. I see his like eyes. I, his eye. I know why he did it. It ain't had nothing to do with football. I know exactly why he did it because I've been keeping up with it, right? I know, <laughs> No. I, no, let's let me give a shout out to Damon, and this is not to put any, it's not to say anything about anybody else, but him. He like periodically, for the last years since I left the ship, has been checking in on me, mm-hmm. like just on like, hey, are you okay? Yeah. Or hey, it was like I saw you on the urinalysis list. Are you alive? Like, yeah. <laughs> don't nobody know where you are. Yeah, he told me about that. He told me about that. <laughs> yeah, and like, and I. And in moments when I was, I was responsive and sometimes it would just be one text and I might leave him hanging. But what I appreciated and I needed in that moment was grace. And you gave that to me because you never held if I didn't respond to you against me. You would just reach out later. Hey, ma'am, how you doing? You okay? I know you got a lot going on. And um, I really, really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. I really, truly do. Well, what pissed me off about Damon recently was I ran into a, a junior officer randomly at Rhode Island, just randomly, like they were in school, a random junior officer, somebody that I don't even know that Damon was on board with for that <laughs> long, right? Mm-hmm. So I run into her at Rhode Island. Hey, what's up, chief? Oh, I'm a senior. You know, <laughs> I don't know how that went. Like maybe they go, <laughs> hey, what's up, chief? Uh, you know, I'm a senior now. Yeah. I don't know. It probably ain't happened like that. But um, <laughs> but she was like, hey, what's up? You know, I'm like, what's up? She's like, guess what? Guess who I just got finished talking to? She was like, I just got finished talking to senior leggings. I said, what? This dude is getting around, man. <laughs> like, how is he? People want to talk to me, man. I don't know why. I don't know why, man. I don't how know is why. he leading like this, man? <laughs> Leading from the front, man. Yeah, for real. Really leading from the front. Yeah, but um, it it was it was a pleasure. Um, you know, being able to. I I don't think this the last time we're gonna sit down and talk. We did talk about a lot, but for me, it was a pleasure. This was something I wanted to do um for a very long time. Was Mm -hmm. to sit down and talk to you for a lot of reasons. Um. Some of them I don't even think we cracked the you know surface on. Yeah, we got yeah, but, uh, we, got more, yeah. we we talked a, a, a whole lot, you know. But it's like pivoting, mm. uh, health, poetry, writing, yeah. uh, naval career, being a woman in the military, being a black woman in the military, being a black woman in the leadership position in the military, all of that, you know. Mm. Um, and like like I told you, it's a lot of people that's inspired by you. It's a lot of people that follow you. Um, and outside of you being an amazing person, they already do that. Like we said Mm. in the beginning, just because of expectation when they see you and you Mm. walk through the door, you know what I'm saying? I mean, it's a beauty that you're able to live up, you know, to Mm. a lot of those expectations, you know what I mean? Because if we don't, then we like kind of leading people in the wrong direction, you (laughs) know what I'm saying? So some might still be following and it's like, oh. Yeah, like yo, no, nah, that ain't the right, you know, not that the right, the right one. Role not model. the right one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But no, you, you, you know, you've done a, you've done a great job, and um, I think even us talking about some of what you was dealing with, you know, on the ship mm. as a department head, and yeah, 
and your health uh, will provide clarity to somebody who might have caught you, you know, mm. on a bad day or yeah. something like that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I do appreciate you've been a motivation for me personally. Um, I think you were one of the people who told me to uh, publish a book. You told me to publish mm. a book. I don't know if you, I mean, I yeah, you, you spit, do remember that. You spit hot fire and not to throw it thank back you, like you, 10 years you. ago. Dylon, Dylon, Dylon. But like, yeah. <laughs> when you first, yeah. when I first heard you, I said, what? Yeah. I yeah. said, wow. Okay. Yeah. I felt I like my way. little. I was saying way. I yeah. Like, yeah. I felt yeah. like my little seven lines of poetry were nothing. I said I got to set my game up. Yeah, I was like, man, but when I heard you, I'm like, oh man, you got to like pull the yeah. new shit out. Like I had to start writing. <laughs> I started writing on the ship. I'm like, oh man, we got to go. Like you know, but yeah. I think that made everybody lift. You know, and it's good to have people that's like that's good. You know, that mm-hmm. like strive for excellence because it makes yeah yeah other people something they brought up. And I I, I, I don't want to you know go too long, but when you get people that strive for excellence, it make other mm. people, you know, strive for excellence. For instance, you can have a command, you could create a culture where that shit ain't happening. And some people yeah. that would have done it <laughs> in a different culture just hosted yeah. that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey, I'm just not it's like, why? There's it's no like, reason oh, to. Okay. That's not what we do. <laughs> yeah. Is it? Yeah, it's yeah. no reason to. Yeah. But yeah, so thank you. Thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate it. It's perfect. This is perfect for me. It's episode 51. We made some changes. Um Let's so, go. you know, I feel like we got you as our first guest in our rebirth or whatever like that. You yeah, know what I'm yeah. Like, could we, the sell, could was we well celebrate, worth y'all? It. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Being funny, <dude. laughs> Um, I just want to celebrate y'all, like, and what you're doing. Like, when you first launched this, I was like, first of all, perfect title. Like, mm-hmm. just giving people a forum to have conversations that we don't have, you know? Um in the Navy is just so powerful. And like, I, I would tell y'all that over time, like, oh, it's so awesome what you're doing and stuff. But I want to tell you like how powerful it is and how meaningful it is. And I want you to keep on going and just to give you your flowers, like what you're doing is awesome. It, it absolutely is. And uh, we're all blessed to have you and blessed to have this space that you're creating for people to talk. And I appreciate this specifically for me, and especially in this transition. I haven't talked about some of these things and I still got more to mm. talk about that I've never really talked about, um, not even to my dad sometimes or to friends and stuff. And so I deeply appreciate this opportunity to do that. And I'm grateful for you guys for providing the space in which I, could, I can. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Part yeah. one. Part one. <laughs>